are listening to the Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp. Swordchomp.com. We know life is precious and your time is valuable, so thank you for making our show a part of your day. And hopefully we can return the favor by enhancing the grind of life just a little bit. You know, the Chompcast giving you that double life EXP. Um, if you enjoy the show, please go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Look for all the ways you can support us there at Patreon. And, of course, iTunes. If you can leave us a, a kind rating in iTunes, it goes a long way to helping us meet new people. Subscribe wherever you get the show. Um, we love you very, very much for for your support. We are back at it this week with the usual tomfoolery, if you will. Um, a Benjamin Button show of sorts. Uh, reverse Benjamin button which is i guess just aging um <clears throat> that was before brad pitt was considered a good actor you know just follow me here uh aging yeah what games have not stood the test of time well for us this is inspired by the fact that we've been playing the last of us lately some of us have and that game holds up really well so we got thinking like what is it about games for us that makes them you know not maybe hold up so well over time and uh, what are some examples for us and we're gonna have the at sword chomp instagram community as well weighing in on that discussion because we like to get you involved um what happens when you wrap no man's sky in metroid and dip it in the juvenile ejaculate of far cry well we'll tell you we have a serendipitous flashback if you will the 2013 um which is strange because uh this week we're talking about the last of us which me and rich finished rich finished it again and we take a ride on the inner interstate with kentucky route zero some early thoughts there. So both those games come out in 2013. It's kind of weird. Weird. Very weird. Ooh. Uh, poll topics split the Sword Chomp audience this week right down the middle. Topics like Zelda running on an inferior hardware. Um, or running on inferior hardware. I'm sorry. I phrased that poorly. Kratos and his daughter? Um, our listeners' favorite Pokemon of the past two generations. And speaking of split polls, our audience goes wild for Shakira, shaking that booty. Let's get to some intros from New York. Rich joins us. His hips don't lie either. But the question is, what are they saying, Rich? Uh, what are your hips saying? Uh, I mean, I have to imagine they're they're begging for help. Just a way <laughs> just, out. <laughs> uh-huh. just, just end it now, please. Just yeah, no, just any sweet escape. Yeah. Uh, the hips don't lie. They're saying, please, please help us. I mean, if my current beverage choice wasn't a cry for help, I don't know what is. <laughs> I mean, if you say you're, yeah, you use the term sweet escape for your hips, I was thinking something else, but mm. um, I feel That's like a whole <laughs> different scenario. Uh, a fantasy scenario, if you will. That's, that feels kind of personal. Why are you so shamed by this giant Budweiser you're drinking? I don't understand what oh, you're shamed for. You know, it's just, it's, it's a shame. It's not almost mm-hmm. that I'm ashamed. I mean, I'm a garbage human. I get it. This is, I've come to terms, I came to terms with that a long time ago. Uh, I came to terms with that when I had a very uh, fancy banquet sort of ordeal. I can't say what the the institution was because then I'll be discouraging myself. My date and I stole an entire dessert cart and a bottle of champagne and brought them to our hotel room. Hmm. That sounds great. That sounds like a, that sounds like a scoundrel you are. Yeah, Um, no, I mean, it's, you know, these things are bound to happen to me. You rap scallion. 
<laughs> what was that? Me, me and Rich are watching the McMillions uh, documentary on HBO. What did that guy call his boat? The something scoundrel? You remember it that? was God. the the dirty rotten scoundrel or something. It was something. God damn it! Yeah. The the tape uh. of that phone call where it's like two villains laughing about the crime they've committed has to be oh. the most surreal part of that documentary. Yeah. Like I an actual. People- phone recording of people being like and they bought it <laughs> <laughs> the, if people don't know it's just a documentary about the uh, mcdonald's monopoly game that we all played as kids but it was like a, a scam on, in the yeah, 90s <laughs> yeah yeah it was basically all the good prizes were scammed from within the company yeah yes yeah, sort of Pretty others yeah ish yeah now, it's a six-part documentary only the first part's out right now yes mm-hmm. yes I am deeply fascinated. I pl- I love that game as a kid. It, it's so funny. You you messaged me about that, and I was like, "Dude, yeah. I've been following this, like, waiting for this to come out for a while." Yeah. I enjoyed so many free small fries, which it seems yes. to be the only thing so they much. actually gave out. But sometimes uh, I would get a double cheeseburger. Ooh, oh or a man, living nugget. large, want himself a double cheeseburger. Mm. No, a four big piece nugget. nugget. Back when no, the four the piece nugget was the only option, mm. I always no, got the, the 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 small fries, the ones that don't even come in a box. They the give kids you, fry. They give they you. They give you a tissue just to, to yeah. hold oh. your your loose assortment of, of, <laughs> it's like of French fries paper, right? that they couldn't <laughs> ship to anybody That's else. That's right. Those little. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's like wax like, paper, right? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. pretty much that. Um, talking about his French fries, that would be Joshua Fowler from Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> just, you know what? You no, know it's weird about that. My wife just the other day was like, "Does anybody actually like the Big Mac?" And I was like, "Fuck!" When I was a kid, I ate Big Macs like a motherfucker. They were I great. Like, I like Mac sauce, but yes. I'm not a particular fan of the actual Big Mac. Really? Like what, it's what is, fine. It's it's not like I dislike it's, it's the Big Thousand Mac. Island. It's, it was just. Mm. Oh yeah, I, I know. I know yeah. you can make it yourself, and I do all the time. I was just saying, like, I I'm a fan of it. Okay. <laughs> Like that's putting, yeah. putting Thousand Island on a burger is something well, I'm a fan of. Well, that's what I'm saying. What's the problem with the Big Mac? Then if you like the sauce, oh no, you like there's the too, there's no problem with the Big Mac. In my opinion, it's too much bread. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. I feel mm-hmm. that. Like I'd rather get like a McDouble and put some Thousand Island on it. The yeah, just well, just tell, tell them to take the middle piece of bread out of the Big Mac. I, I just order a McDouble and ask them to put Mac sauce on it. It's that's do it. Whoa, it's whoa, slow down. We can't. Do that. <laughs> that's, that's shaking things too far, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> you like, can't just put mac sauce on anything i feel like i'm like arguing with a 16 year old in a drive-thru like can i get a side of mac sauce I'm like we can't just give out the mac sauce i'd be like it's ketchup well, and mayonnaise sir to be fair rich was the one that told me to sw- switch up the cheesy gordita crunch and put the uh the the red like lava taco shell on it the fiery dorito shell mm-hmm. and the regular dorito shell. and now i do that every and then time, then so. and then the uh the person who uh who doesn't understand english and this is not – anyway, who missed my order when I was trying to do the same thing after hearing that excellent advice. I think perfected it by accident by giving us the spicy Dorito shell inside the cheesy Dorito shell <laughs> is what I ended <laughs> up with. just added it in there. Yeah. Let me, let me um, ask you guys this because I don't know. Is this a New York thing or is this a well – do you guys know what the Mc1035 is? No. I assume it's the train it, that if you get stuck on – Someone's going to masturbate on your shoe. No, that's we we call that the drunk train. Okay. Um, the Mc Ten Thirty Five is uh, a secret McDonald's menu item. Obviously, you could probably get this whenever now. Um, but ten thirty five was the ideal time to buy it because breakfast was stopping and lunch was starting. Oh, it's a McDouble with an egg McMuffin on it. Oh. Okay. All right. 
We're just learning all I don't know why, but that <clears throat> that reminds me of Big Daddy when he's like trying to get his son to McDonald's before eleven o'clock. Steve Buscemi's and, the homeless guy. Yeah, yeah, and then they get there and it's ten thirty. Will someone get the kid a Happy Meal? I uh, think that's a memorable scene. I think that's one of the scenes from that movie that stands scene. out to me. You know, it's funny. We're actually talking about Adam Sandler a little bit later, too, in one of our poll topics. So there you go. Make I'm going fun. to Brooklyn wow. to see cats tomorrow, guys. Wow. Mm. <laughs> you really are, too, aren't you? Yeah. Um, I actually, I should probably go see that today. Good call, Rich. Yeah, no problem. That would be Shay Layton from Japan chiming in um, about his big daddy. And uh, thank you for being uh, yes. here, Shay, of course. Um Shay had no been no prepping for weeks for our epic Pokemon tournament that we had. Shut uh, the fuck up. Don't, don't do this to me, Morgan. Don't do it to me. Don't do it to me. No, you're good. I wasn't doing anything. I was just saying we, we had our Pokemon tournament. We finally had it. Um, Hell of an opening match. Good time. Wow. It was like an opening. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It was, it was a good time. It was fun. I imagine. I imagine it's like. A woman sitting on the casting couch being like, I need to make some extra money. It's the first time I've ever been here. And suddenly, three dudes just walk in. Three nerdy-ass dudes with their switches. And they all have Duraludons, and they have the teacup Pokemon, whatever the fuck that Pokemon's name is. And they have a not-fully-evolved dragon pseudo-legendary Pokemon and two of them just proceed to fuck your face with their Pokemon while one just kind of sits there and watches and jerks off underneath the couch. That's, <laughs> I mean, if that at all helps you with the visual on what just happened during that Pokemon tournament, if you weren't there, there you go. No, the there it is. Everyone was amazed by my expressions, but I was actually just watching the season finale of BoJack Horseman on another monitor. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, oh, wow. Oh, no, I'm dying. Oh, wow, Bojack. Actually, I need to watch the rest of that. I'm going to watch the rest of that tomorrow. You should. It's really good. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a good time. Believe me, I, I have a lot of thoughts on that. I can save it for when we talk Pokemon a little later. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, our heart goes out to you, I guess. Thank you. In a Thank way. You. Even you I need it in this difficult trash. time, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> I need it in well, this difficult time. Shay, gear up for the Temtem tournament and bring him to school there. Yeah, yeah. I'll, <laughs> there we go. I'll take everyone to church after uh, I bring them to school. No, I, I have, uh, I have, I have uh, alleviated some of my my pent up rage and sadness from that tournament by playing some Ori this week, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm not very far into it. I got stuck at a part, so I'm still trying to uh, that game still figure great. out what I'm doing. But no, I've been oh, I've yeah. been enjoying that game, and it's helped alleviate some of the the pain and sadness that I felt inside. Oh, believe me, this is General Mountain Time here from Montana, uh, Morgan, of course. And believe me, I, there's many tournaments that I prepared for for many weeks, Shay, to get obliterated. obliterated this was not one of them. The trick, Shay, that I've learned is that you just don't try at all. You just go grab the ugly Pokemon that are good and you don't try. I don't and know then, if that's <laughs> true, though, because I did the same thing and I came in last. No, no, Rich, you are a shining example of what it should be, which is people using Pokemon they like. The problem oh, yeah. is that I did not can... build the team skillfully <laughs> at all. I was just like, I like Tyranitar. The problem with Pokemon is you can't mm-hmm. really just use the Pokemon you like. You will get fucking destroyed. Also, I somehow never realized we were only doing Generation 7 and 8, so I had to do, like, last-minute subs. 
<laughs> That's okay. It was fun. It was mm-hmm. your look. I don't think you've ever gotten as deep into Pokemon as we do, right, Rich? You don't. You don't normally not like, train. The, and... No, no. Like I, I love Pokemon, but I never, never really got big into the competitive aspects of it. It's yeah. a fun world, man. I think as you stay with us for a while, as we continue to do it, if if you get down on it, maybe you won't ever. Take a- also, and, and this might be like a different like topic. The the idea of Pokemon games as we now see them having like expansions, so you're not throwing a roster away. Essentially, mm-hmm. I think that gives me more incentive to be like, I more so see the merits in sticking around and training this team yeah, now because yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna get like a year, maybe two years worth of content out of this game. Mm-hmm. Before you just throw your Game Boy away, apparently. Yeah, no, you throw it out the window, <laughs> right? In the trash is disposable. Yeah, like no, I bought usable cameras. Yeah, I yeah. bought a new Game Boy every time I got a Game Boy. Game. <laughs> That's the beauty of it, Rich. You could carry Pokemon over from the beginning. That's what I was doing. The it sounds Pokemon like a, a lot of work. What am I, an insane person? <laughs> <laughs> If you stick with us long enough, you will be. Um, we got a fun show today. Uh, we'll, we'll highlight, you know, that's pretty much all you need to know. The tournament we happened on Switch, it was great. It was a fun time. Um, but we, I did a big poll to hype up the tournament. I literally had people voting on their favorite Pokemon from Gen 7 and 8 for over the course of like five, six days, whatever it was. And then we did the championship on poll day, which was Monday, and we have a champion. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But, but let's get to the topic of the show. I'm sorry, Josh, just banged my mic in my face there. Pah! Um... It was worth it. This is <laughs> oh oh one last quick note. I'm sorry. I always love these pre discussions. Random guys, you're just gonna blow your mind. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just a fucking weirdo. I chomped. A, I, I chomped. God is this damn. about Avatar? I'm <laughs> 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 oh, having sex with our hair. Um, I <laughs> yeah, yes, I would love to. I I misspelled our website name and I it just came up as chomp.com. Do you know where chomp.com takes you? I bet it's porn. <laughs> no, it's that would it's Apple. It's fucking Apple. That's they own Chomp dot com. Yeah, isn't that wild? Why? Huh. Yeah, I don't know, but I guess because it's a you know the little Apple with the bite or whatever. So I love buying I domains, though. I mean, I own buy shit from Richmeister dot com. <laughs> Just buy as many domains as you can. You're one of those Just, people. Yeah, yeah, buy dot vodkas wherever you can. Dot so weird. Dot vodka I, don't, is a I have no idea what website I've been going to. I've been going to richmeister.net, and it's a very that's, different experience than the one you're describing. That's just a 24-hour live feed. Do you, have you guys ever heard of – this is a, an age-old internet thing. Have you guys ever heard of hornymanatee.com? <laughs> that's like something Shay would know, and it's, I wouldn't. <laughs> it was like a, a Channel Zero thing. It's shut down now, but it had access to like a 24-hour looping video of a man in a manatee suit just dancing. That sounds great. Huh. Dude, when I was in Florida, we our schools would raise money to save the manatees because they were endangered. It was like a thing that... Uh, when a story starts with when I was in Florida, it could go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. The Unless universal like, intro. Our school ended up rescuing them like, from there, I was at Disney World, and then you're like, that's probably pretty normal. Uh, I still remember like uh, when I went down to visit Fish, the first hour I was in Florida... The, I went, we went to a Sonic and rolled the window down, and there was a giant spider dangling by the window, like the size of, you know, a fucking quarter, and the lady just calmly brushed it out of the way to give us our food. I'm like, yeah, it's Florida. There's insects here. A like, giant just, spider the size of a quarter. Is, are you sure you weren't in Australia? Yeah, yeah dude, that's massive. sheltered man. Josh, that's massive. Here's a quarter for size. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Imagine no. a spider's ass he, that big. He, did, yeah. he didn't finish the thought there, Josh, was the problem. He meant a quarter of his creeping online 
Like oh, the size, oh, like if you were to somehow quantify huge. that, a quarter of it is creeping online. How can you measure that, though? That's, that's an impossible in, measurement. In spiders. That's like 8.5 on the arachnophobia right. scale. Mm. Good movie. It's, you ever seen Dude, a yeah, movie I, like it freaks? Because I haven't. I was just going to say that. <laughs> David Arquette is fucking rolling in his <laughs> grave right now. <laughs> and he's not even dead. <laughs> We should just try one day for a show where, like, we just see how long we can go without ever getting to anything important. Do you guys how want to do a spoiler cast for Eight-Legged Freaks? I think our average just, is three and a half hours for most episodes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last five minutes, we're like, oh, yeah, video games. Anyways. <laughs> that could have spiraled so many different directions. Um, but it'll spiral into an, a David Bowie quote. You Aging. Know, before you, before <laughs> you go into that quote... God damn it. Before you right. before you go into this quote, you missed a really good opportunity. Instead of saying spiral, you should have said this could have funneled into something very differently, and you would have had a pun because there's such a thing as a funnel spider, and oh, that would have been an amazing right. pun. But you missed out. Don't funnel don't spiders are creepy foolish. as fuck. They build the underground we- like web things, right? Where it's like all a tunnel that's completely. Yeah. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to pretend like, yeah, yeah, that's totally it. I don't know. You're the biologist, Shay. God damn it. Yeah, I don't know. Fuck, I should know about he's every fucking creature. He's an expert on spiders. <laughs> yes, he's an expert on everything. Biology yeah, th- Hey, thank you. Thank I was you. a history major for a while. Good I don't know the name about. of every prostitute Ben Franklin fucked. Uh, hey, good news. <laughs> Good news, guys. Anti-cancer properties found in a deadly Australian arachnid. All right, yes. Funnel spiders, they basically make, like, what appears to be a long tube out of their web. It's pretty cool. They do it in trees as well, I've just learned. Yeah. Some. Not, one species yeah. does. That probably looks cooler. There's your biology fact of the day. I must have been thinking of the trapdoor spider, the one that has the little top, you know, to its hole, and it pops out. Mm-hmm. Nature is fucking brutal. Anyways, <laughs> David Bowie. Aging is an extraordinary process where you become the person you always should have been. Mm. I thought you were going to go with you remind me of the babe. (laughs) The babe with the power? The power that voodoo. Hoodoo? Hoodoo? You do. Do what? Remind me of the babe. Okay. The babe with the power. Oh my god, I've waited for this moment this entire podcast to have a great labyrinth reference. Uh, We've reached that point, guys. We've reached the pinnacle. And it it makes perfect sense because I didn't get the reference. Oh god. The only labyrinth I know is Pan's Oh, that's like... Okay. They're still good. There have been so many... Rich, there have been so many things over the year that Josh and I have quoted, and even just Josh by himself, that nobody fucking understands. Like, Fish didn't get it. Morgan is an uncultured swine, so he wouldn't get it either. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm glad the three of us could share that moment. (laughs) Dude, I'm so happy. Like, Josh told you last week, there's so many times we made animal animal farm references, and nobody got it. Man. (laughs) The listeners get it. At least you can take some... You know, sanctity and knowing that the... I have read books, so, you know, strap in for that. Whoa. Uh, hey, you know, I'm one time in. we made a good um, Call of Cthulhu reference, and we also got some blank stares. So I was going to, like, say something weird, like, what happened? Did you just say something really racist? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, that, actually, when I spiraled down or funneled down that 
labyrinth, as you could say, uh, Rich. I almost didn't use that quote before the Death Stranding show, but I was well, like, Well, it's oh. hard to, like, you know what it is? Like, it's hard to separate him. Like, he was a bad dude, but his works are lasting, and I... I still very much like the works of H.P. Lovecraft, despite the type of person he was. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I separate the art from the artist if I can. I, I own one of those weird, like, um, gold-leafed, like, H.P. Lovecraft collections, and I, I do that for a few authors, but I really like having those nice-looking leather bounds. Mm-hmm. God damn it, Rich! No time for your leather bounds! We've got things to discuss! Leatherbounds is a different podcast. I do. <laughs> I, I, I aspire to be leatherbound one day. Well. A leather daddy, if you will. Mm. Something that says mm. dad Their likes leathery leather. faces as they age. Mm. I don't know if we'll be able to afford the gold leaf. Skype, but... So you probably missed my joke. Oh. It's a tragedy. We'll see how the website does. Uh-huh. <sighs> Morgan, you uh, wanted right. to talk about um, a video game? Aging. Um, and if that <laughs> quote... <laughs> If that quote were to apply to the video games we're talking about today, then they have become what they should have always been, which is not very good, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> which is the irony, because a lot of these games we're talking about did not age well. And that's the interesting thing about our medium. Um, there's obviously art in any medium that can age poorly, depending on your perspective on it. But from where we're coming from, as people have played video games for a long time, and we want to try to dive into these deeper topics. We want to figure out maybe why that is and why these examples show up that way. And I got a lot of uh, good feedback from our community as well. So um, I guess I'll just get the ball rolling here. I mean, Rich, I don't know if we were here for this, uh, but I had to make a horrible announcement that uh, Final Fantasy VIII had become the my, my favorite game of all time had become a victim of time. Um. And I know you're with me on the Final Fantasy VIII bandwagon. I know I you still, are. I, that's, I still think it's a, a totally all right game. I think that remaster is really half-assed uh, for them to be like, hey, we put some cleaner character models in. It's like, all right, thanks. Yeah. Like, They've done they, so much more on all the other games, it, It's basically. one of those situations where, like, I almost wish they hadn't done... Like, the better character models make the backgrounds look worse. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, I didn't feel that way, but I do respect where you're coming from. I would say that for me, that I would take a half-assed port because Final Fantasy VIII is always the black sheep. It never gets the love oh, and treatment. And it for the like. record, like I'm totally fine with it existing, and I played it. Like It doesn't look bad enough to really bother me, and I'm just kind of glad I can have it on my Switch. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. That's where I played it, too. Because like, to replay a game like that for me... Like to invest that many hours in an RPG that I've already played again like that at this point in my life, it being portable is like the make or break deal. To be like, yeah. this is a thing I can throw in my car. Too many hours. And, like yeah. I don't do anything on my lunch break at work, so sometimes I'll either like sit in my car and read, or I'll sit in my car and play my Switch. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I agree. That's the only reason I got so far into twelve in like the remasters because I had <laughs> sixty portable hours to sit in bed. I remember this one night I was like sick and like shitting my guts out when I was, like, playing Final Fantasy XII on the toilet. And in your bed? <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, he, don't, Shay, it's not what you think. Blowing fucking caca into your sheets? Mm. He did not change the sheets. You gotta go, you gotta go. You know, just um, mopping it up with his wife's dirty clothes. Just <laughs> <laughs> make us sit. Children, come here. I have a job for you. Put these in the wash. Dad, why are they dripping? It doesn't concern you. I've totally lost my truth. Oh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> God damn it. 
Uh, how did oh, that Kaka. get derailed? You, you shouldn't uh, have. You shouldn't have presented, presented us with the challenge of derailing you for the entire show. Was, don't you? Yeah, don't you feel foolish? Yeah, I feel like I've really, I really walked into that. Thirty um, <laughs> twenty-five minutes. You really this. stepped in that pile of shit. Boom. Shit. Uh, but what I was saying was that. Um, with Final Fantasy VIII, that the it made me think a lot this week about how much video game storytelling has evolved, and like when I was sixteen and I first played that game or whatever, and I think video game storytelling was just at a different time. And granted, I was younger and I was less cynical, probably. And I, I will st- look. I still see a gunblade. I'll still get an erection. I love. I that's all it takes. I just see a gunblade. It's like Viagra. I love the world. I love the music. And I I have a there, lot of there are aspects even beyond that that still hold up really well. Like I still I still enjoy the hell out of the combat. God, I wish those fucking GF animations would just go away forever. But I still enjoy the combat. See, don't, see, don't you want to tap square through the whole thing? <laughs> no, I want to. You don't. I don't like boosting. Like I summon Ifrit and I go like make a three course meal. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, the, and that was great at the time, but I'm going to be honest with you, even the gameplay for me was just fine now. But, like, as a kid, I literally was smashing that, that X button with the, you know, collecting oh, all those see, GFs. It, it's was... funny you say that, like, that sort of gameplay still resonates with me in a huge way. Like, to the point, I'm wondering if Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to have a mode where they slow down the combat so much that it's essentially turn-based. I'm wondering if I'm going to end up playing it like that. Hmm. Yeah, you have a deep affinity for the turn-based RPG that I I, I really do. It it those games are what shaped my taste in video games and I still it is one of my in those sorts of games at least like I still prefer that to an action RPG. Well, yeah, but they've even those have evolved. Like if you look at Persona 5, that's like kind of like the pinnacle of the turn-based RPG right oh, now. Oh yeah, it's the modern turn-based RPG and it has a yeah. totally different flow to it. Um and I'm actually playing um Tokyo Mirage Sessions on Switch right now and that is a, a similar flow to Persona. I mean, it's a Shimigami yeah, yeah. Tensai game, so of course mm-hmm. it does. But those, but those are all just like semi-gripish, interesting observations I made as an adult. The big thing that me and Shay and Josh talked about on a show like many months ago was that the story, I just found myself like not intentionally, but just finding all of these weird gaps in logic and like well, where did the sorceress come from and all this weird it, stuff. Here's, here's the thing, and I yeah, I agree with you on that. I think you, you and I have talked about this a little bit in the past. That story... Up until the point where the fight on the float, the end of the first disc, I think is really strong all the way through. And I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, that's the point in the storyboard development where the production team behind that game was almost changed entirely. Um, uh, it might have been a little further along, but at some point, basically, the the people directing the story of that game swapped out. And I think the back half feels really weird. Uh, sorry for spoiling Final Fantasy VIII, I guess. Once you wait, 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 spoilers, 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 okay. Skip ahead a minute. Um, if, once you find out about the whole orphanage thing and, like, the fact that they grew up together, like, that feels really ham-fisted to me. It did I, I then, and it does more yes. so now. More of, like, yeah. Extreme coincidental. I, yeah. I did, I did that, that exact part a few weeks ago on stream, and, like, it... It completely killed my, the stream for me, like, because I, I absolutely loved that game back in the day, and, like, the dialogue issues, the, the changing of teams and whatnot, obviously is, like, an eight... For me, when I played it, I was eight, nine years old, so I didn't really notice... Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I was about nine, nine, ten. I didn't really notice... Um, I would have been, like, those, seven, 
So yeah, I mean, I think I'm in the same boat mentally. Yeah. I didn't really notice the issues at the time, but like going back, like that's been the nice thing kind of about going back through this quote unquote remaster is that, um, I'm able to look at it with a different perspective. Like there's some characters that I liked that I can't stand now. There's some dialogue, um, uh, choices that are made and some plot points that I really love. And there's some that I just absolutely can't stand. But like I got to that point of the orphanage on the stream and I was just like, Jesus Christ. It's just constant talking. And it's like, Oh, we all just magically forgotten. Oh no. It's because we're using GF. It's like a few hours of exposition and bad exposition, right? It's bad. And it's all thrown in the span of 30 minutes. Now, had they, is them had going, they like, oh crap, we have to clean up a lot of these threads to keep the plot moving. Right, and like, had they... Let's go to the moon. I, well, I yeah. wish, it was, like, and I wish that, that they had the, the, the issue. cognizance. They, like, yeah. They're resolving things they felt the need to address that hadn't even really been brought into question yet. I, I guess yeah. Right, there, like, I, I just wish... Like, they started I wish either they had the up, foresight to address it. that early yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I the wish they had thing... the, the foresight to address it early on, or they just wouldn't have done it. Because like yeah. when you throw like when you throw in like oh yeah we all knew each other, but oh magically we have discovered it's because of the GFs. Well, how the fuck did you not know that using a GF would do that? Like it's not like well they people did That's haven't been using GFs for years and years and years. It's like well, they, they talk, talk about, about it and they, they talk rare about at the, the other threat. garden. Yeah, they talk about the threat of losing their memories, and maybe we don't really want to do this, but it's like they never they bring up, doing oh, anyway. hey, we've been using these stupid things for forever already before the thing even started. Well, no one was, I, like, told, tells you that is the, the big issue. It's yeah, They act like I, it's something that could be a threat down the road, and it's something that already happened, and it just – by the time you find out it already happened, it's just – it's handled so poorly. And then to explain it right. in, like, in more ham-fisted ways, like, I think Selfie has, like, a bit of exposition at a point where she goes, like, oh, well, nobody at my garden used GF, but when we were kids, I found one randomly when we were, like, outside the garden, and I've been mm-hmm. using yeah. it ever since. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm it's, like, it's like, what? It's, like, things like that. It's, 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 like, things like that, too, because, like, when you consider, and I, I hate to pick on this one part, but... It's just, it, it's a great example of kind of what, like, this particular game that Morgan brought up has issues with is, like, when you start the game, you don't have any GFs. And you're having relationships with Selfie, and, or sorry, Quistus and Zell. And, like, you meet, you quote unquote meet Zell, right? Like, and you've barely even well, used the GF. You mean to tell me that, like, to... she, like, he's magically just forgotten all this shit within the span of, like, going to get, um, Ifrit and Quasicoddle and Shiva within the span of, like, less than a day? Even more important than that, like, Squall goes with Quistus to get his first GF. And she has Quetzalcoatl at that point, but why wouldn't wouldn't he remember her? Yeah, because he acts like he's never met her at that point. Well, well, not that he's never met her, but, but like, he only knows her as his instructor. Yeah, exactly. Not not the original orphanage story beat. And... it's this not is like, my point. Yeah. Like, anyway. No, that's a good point. Sorry, Josh. I didn't remember you. I was going to say, this is my point. We had these sort of discussions, and as I was playing this game as a 30-something-year-old adult, it was the opposite of when I was playing Call of Duty 12, where I found myself asking all these interesting questions about the world. and Like, why does Vaughn suck so much? <laughs> You're never going to let that Vaughn thing. He's Look, the if worst. You just, if you get past your Vaughn thing, you will find a very 
amazing story. I think it's the yeah. best Final Fantasy. Oh, I definitely yeah, think you can 12, kick him out of the party after good. what is it, fifteen yeah, hours? A good point. I think actually, once I got to that correct point in the game, I did kick him out of my party, and mentally for me, Bosch was the main character from then on. I'm going to devote my entire life to making a 20 hour video that explains why Vaughn is not that bad. Just for <laughs> 20, really? 20 hours. You think there's more and, than like And the five best you can hope for arguments? is not that bad. <laughs> he's not that bad. He, I like. He's fine. He's well, he's he's misunderstood. How about that? He's misunderstood. Ooh. When you know, you know, it's funny to think about when you think about Final Fantasy, and I guess trying to rectify stories. Um, I was having this conversation yesterday, actually, with a friend of mine about what I hope the 7 remake does to sort of modernize the plot. Um, and this is like a, a reach, because I guess because it's a PSP game. I don't know if any of you guys ever played Crisis Core. Oh, yeah. That's um, great. Yeah, I'm trying to. We, we never return my messages. Um, <laughs> I was talking with him about how much I actually love that game and what I think works about the plot. And I hope a lot of that stuff ends up bleeding through into the remake story beats. Uh, mostly because one of the most important parts to me is that game is the only piece of Final Fantasy VII lore that lets you see that before Nibelheim, before all this, Sephiroth was just a guy. And, like, for all intents and purposes, a pretty good guy trying to do the right thing. Mm. Yes, and, and honestly, that Final Fantasy VII trailer they released has me very concerned because it just looks like very Why? Pretty. I think it looks great. Okay, look, we don't have time for that. We don't have time for that right now. But, um, <laughs> you, you brought it up, man. My, my larger issue that I was shooting at, though, is not to shit all over what was my childhood favorite game, Final Fantasy VIII, which I still, nothing will change those memories I have. It was just to say that on a larger scale, I was thinking a lot about how much video game storytelling has evolved um, as well. And, you know, video game storytelling has always been sort of looked down upon by other mediums. Like, movie, you know, people that create movies think video games are inferior. Obviously, I think that's changing a lot, but yeah, you're 100% correct. Yes, I believe it is changing too. But yes, it, it was particularly bad, and, and this was not a great example of, of it at the time. I don't think that's um, that's one of the yeah. examples of like that's why I feel like it's held in such a low regard. Like some of these characters, I worship my yeah. whole life, and I haven't gone back to that game. And then I went back and played it, and there was nothing to really hang on to their characters that really impressed me as an adult and I was really bummed because all I have is aesthetic memories like I think it looks cool sounds cool and I love the world it's all like Laguna is still the best written character in that game maybe and I didn't interrupt you Shay go ahead sorry no you're good you're good I'm used to it not just from you all of you fuckers always interrupt me I'm sick of it anyways I'm just kidding Uh, I really am kidding I'm kidding anyways um, so I think one of the big but, issues I mean, that are not issues, yeah. even, just kind of like the suck my. I don't dick, know. I Josh. think the bigger issue, though. Um, is... Anyways, uh, <laughs> no, I think that like when we compare like games from then to now, it's almost a, like we have to we have to consider it for the time frame it was in. It's like when we compare music of like 20 years ago the 90s music to now which actually is almost it's going to be almost 30 years old for some of those songs or we compare like we compare music genres from then to now we compare movies books all that stuff like we got we have to start considering that with games because we consider where video games were at when we were in the 90s and these particular games that we're talking about like the final fantasies uh, 7 8 9 10 when they were being made uh games were not like trying to be like super serious like they can be now like granted there are some serious elements to final fantasy and some other games during that time period but like is more like 
exploring the imagination, exploring the tech of what was there, exploring what you could do in these wild stories yeah. that you can create. Whereas where we look at games now, some games are doing that. And a lot of I feel like a lot of indie games do that. I feel like some AAA developers, and this is one thing I will always give credit to Death Stranding for. It is very ham-fisted in a lot of ways, but also in a lot of ways it's trying to explore the boundaries of creativity and imagination. Mm. And like I don't necessarily always jive with it, and I didn't really jive with a lot of the story beats in that game and a lot of the plot devices and plot points, but I will always give credit to Death Stranding for trying to do something semi to moderately to mostly unique and i think there are other games on the other end of the spectrum that are trying to be hyper realistic and hyper serious and like almost be like breath of the wild almost be didactic yeah Uh, and almost be didactic in some (laughs) ways you look at some games like like a lot of war games they're like hyper realistic and when you play the story mode like some of it's badass and cool and there's these awesome elements where it's almost like expendables level of action but also there's a level of them trying to tell you something and help the like the player learn something like yeah war is fucked up like you know and there there's that level of realism and that's something that I don't think existed on a triple A consistent level in gaming 30 years ago so when we look at something like Final Fantasy 8 and we're like fuck that that scene at the orphanage is super ham-fisted and yeah it was i mean you you can never in my opinion in my eyes, you can never take that away from it. It is a very ham-fisted point in the game. And, um, you know, like we said, the developers and the writers switched hands kind of midway through the game. But what they were trying to do there was, like, explore their imagination, explore storytelling, explore all these different elements. And that's where gaming was at that time. So, yeah, some of these games definitely aren't going to hold up. Um, But we also have to consider the time frame um, and the time period that they were created in as well. And so it's not to like that we're sitting here trying to shit on Final Fantasy VIII or Seven or other games that came out then. It's just we're also analyzing it from a 2020 perspective of where gaming is at now. But that being said, that orphanage scene fucking sucks. And I, I think, um, like like you're saying, like take it for what it was at the time, the fact that I look at Final Fantasy VIII's story, like it's writing now as an adult, like a little, like, eh, it's a little shaky, that's never going to detract from the impact that had on me at the time. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's But this whole topic is not necessarily about that. It's just yeah, about no, no, the I, I, yeah, totally. of, of reflection. And, and no, that one was a difficult one for me. And I, and I didn't mean it, that one really spiled away from us, but I think we got into some good... Um, Sort of at least the thing that they made me just think. Um, let me rephrase that. The thing this made me think about the most as I pass this on to one of you guys is that how much video game storytelling has evolved in many cases, especially for the elaborate Japanese RPG. There are some cases, obviously, of games that their stories have aged uh, better, um, but those games are already mm-hmm. out there as it was. So <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. And you, you bring up a really good point too. Is like because of the technology. Where it's at now, the way the stories are told are so much different, too. You consider, like, during the PS1 era, um, N64 era, and even the PS2 era, um, Xbox era, a lot of those camera angles were fucking terrible. And it actually dictated, in some level, how the story was told because of what they could do with those camera angles and what they could do with the lighting and the audio production. And we look at something now... I'm just going to use the first example that comes to my head, like Hellblade. Like, imagine that game being made 20 years ago, 
30 years ago, it would have been fucking not near as good as it is now because of how far um, audio engineering and audio development has come, you know? And, yeah. like, it, I, don't, I don't believe that that kind of game would have held up if it had been made 20 years ago nearly as well as I think it's going to hold up in the future, you know? And it's it's difficult to analyze that that those kind of newer games as well because we, you know, now, like, Josh and I, loving that game so much can say dude it's gonna stand the test of time but like i thought about that about other games in my past too and then i've gone back to some of those games and they've not been good like um objectively like i love medieval i loved that game and i was so happy they did the remaster but if they didn't fix the like the camera angles are still a little bit rough in that game but if they didn't do any camera angle work on that game it would not have held up at all like this, it would have like, been inexcusable. The, yeah, you're right, and like that—that's a—that's another perfect example. And because they fixed those camera angles in the remaster, I was able to enjoy it a lot more in this day and age. And I actually really enjoyed the story. So, like when you ask about games like that, it's like, yeah, the the mid medieval, the original. No, that's not going to fucking hold up at all. And it's not just because of the camera angles, but like the graphics on it are rough as hell. I mean, they're quirky, they're cute, but they're also rough as hell. And I'm not a big graphics freak, but then you consider the remaster of it, and it's like, oh, yeah. Well, if I'm playing that version of it, fuck yeah, it holds up. Absolutely. Yeah. So many so many games of that first 3D generation on the PS1 and on the N64, nobody knew what the hell to do with the camera. Um, and it's it's led to some some games that are, just, they're, like you said, just painful to go back to. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's yeah, I think that's one of the biggest yeah. things because it's we didn't know any better either at the time because there was zero frame of reference for anyone making it or for anyone playing it. So, like, I mean, th- there were a couple that did it well, so it stood out. Like, oh hey, I can actually tell where I'm going to jump in Mario 64. So I guess it's one of the better platforms. But other than that, we didn't even know why it was this like. Just somehow magical that they managed to it fix this. It just worked, yeah. And and so much of it now, you look back in retrospect, and you're like, oh, no, they just... You couldn't hold your thumbstick straight forward on these games. They're like... They, they, they just had weird angles for all the jumps and stuff that it just made it way harder than it needed to be. Um, and right. there's just little stuff like that that technologically we just... We solved. Just solved problems. Um, well, and that and is, a lot of it was, like you said, moving into 3D. Nobody knew what the hell they were doing. Mm-hmm. And it just took time for everybody to kind of figure it out. Yeah. And, and I think that was the reason why I didn't bring up... I know it's technically a remaster, but the reason why I wasn't focusing on remasters is because that usually gives them a chance to breathe new life. This is a weird case where mm-hmm. they really just changed the faces and the models. I, I they mean, cleaned up models and added that fast-forward thing, but not much else was done. Yeah. yeah, it's basically the same old game. And what I learned about myself, and then I will move this along, is that if a game doesn't hold up from a story perspective, like I can get into like some of the fun old jank of those weird camera angles, and mm-hmm. like as a, the historian in me has fun with just seeing where that stuff has come from to a point. But if the story is really not pulling me through, then it's hard for me to forgive that other stuff, and then I usually drop out. So that to me right. seems to be a bigger. Yeah, killer. I mean, especially in the RPGs, and I agree. That's- such a big part of the reason sure. you'd play it in the first place. So, yeah, for the grind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're sick. Yeah, yeah. No, like that one thing. Like I think if we're to consider like bigger games, 
one game that like and maybe a lot of people are going to shit on me and disagree with me i don't think pokemon red and blue holds up like they're great games for the time i absolutely love those games but like where where we are at in our day and age there's i just don't think it holds up overall like there are still elements about right. the originals that are fantastic um i still think like like the original music is phenomenal like that that music is timeless for sure some of those original yeah. character character models are still adorable and they're timeless as well but like a lot of the mechanics in that those games are fucking trash compared to yeah. where pokemon is at now they're like using fucking flash just... to go through a dark cave for right that's, dude, that's just <laughs> i mean even trash. beyond that i think gold and silver alone make such vital changes to me that like i'd say they hold up way better yeah right and i would agree just with yellow that. i would agree even with that. just yellow going even just it's yellow. just a remake of the first one they did so much to solve the ease of use problems um yes but yeah like they're that being the first gen, there is very little consideration into teaching you all the crazy systems that are going on under the nothing. There's nothing is done to teach you anything about any of the like hidden systems in that game. And but I mean, then, thankfully, we were kids with nothing yeah, but time so to figure that shit yeah, out. But well, yes, I agree. I actually agree. I don't think those. Here's what I've noticed though: people who are more casual with Pokemon think those games hold up but people like us because every iteration of pokemon adds so many interesting layers to like the natures or the breeding or the the move pool like for us in particular like going back to red and blue is like it's like oh my god there's nothing here there's no there's no there's nothing here think, did they even, fucking did they even tell you the pokemon type in that game i can't remember what they, I, I think you have to no, like, they, they figure that out or something <laughs> yeah right no, that's that's well, definitely there I imagine it'd be like the equivalent of like running on a, like a state of the art treadmill that kind of helps you along a little bit and optimizes your running efficiency versus like going out in a wet day and running in fucking slosh and or slush and mud. Like that's the like the the comparison I would make of like playing those games where like the newer games are that and like it's it's hard to say that because they're generations ago. I'm trying to think of like a newer game. That like I I don't think even holds up within like the past ten years or past fifteen years because I don't want to just like I, sit I here I and well, shit on one. older I, games. Shay, like, I actually have a uh, couple comments that we could splice right in here. We could splice right. in throughout our different choices. Um, our good friend Crumpy said, uh, <clears throat> "If you're not putting too big of a time limit, I don't think the early Halo games hold up." I went back to play Halo One and it was brutal. I had gotten used to games having diverse landscapes and maps, but seeing the same corridors, no matter how far you progressed, was painful to me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I I can agree. Absolutely. With that. that game. I don't think was... Halo Two is the best Halo. Halo Two is the best Halo. She said Halo One. <laughs> Morgan, you finally have someone to agree with you on that. <laughs> it's taken you I years. Like the, I even like the cliffhanger that everyone hates. Bro, like oh God, no! That's the part one part that's bad. Oh. That game just ends, and you're like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Hey, hey. Those are the best movies, the ones that just end and make you go, what the fuck? Well, here, this is why yeah. it was all blown no, up. Yeah, no, those what? are just the best. This is why it was blown Who up. Who told you that? Yeah, my favorite, Josh. Because when Halo 3 started, it wasn't really anything spectacular. This is all I was missing out on? Him landing and shooting some Covenant? People blew that out of proportion. I like Halo 3. So, I yeah. do, too. I think Halo 3 was a good game. Like is a good word. It's amazing they're all confused and have talked yourself into there actually being a good Halo that 
Halo Reach was a fantastic game. (laughs) Josh is right. I love Halo 3 ODST. ODST is like the only one I think would probably go back and... So far, Rich has said he's like every Halo. (laughs) (laughs) I like Halo. I I don't like 4 or 5. Apparently, like... Morgan, didn't you try and tell me that 4 was good? You know, like an insane person? I like Halo 4, yeah. yeah. Okay. Halo 4 is a good game. Uh, Thank you, Crumpke. Uh, Let's see here. Oh, no. Josh, Dog Rules is taking a... All right, let's see some sparks fly. Dog Rules 23 said Overwatch. It came out in 2016, but the novelty of it wore off so fast. Haven't played since late 2018. They didn't release enough content, so the game was just the same for so long. I'm not sure what content you would want them to release, though. In a multiplayer game. That's like... Isn't there one map in League of Legends? Like... Multiplayer games no, no, there have two. to stay the same. And I was, just, I was actually just about to shit on that game, Josh, now that you mm. were mentioning it. I'm not a big fan of League of Legends, but... No, League of Legends is ass, too. No, I don't play MOBAs. I play video games. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but no, like there needs to be some stability for competitive games. Um, I mean, you, you need to release something new to, to change things up, but you can't drastically, drastically change them all the time. Um, Think of the meta. Yeah. I mean, well, not even just the well, meta. Like, yeah. if, if major systems change constantly, then Then you're talking will... about a different game. Yeah. The, you're going to get Overwatch 2. Here's, here's I'll play Devil's Advocate. Smash, Super Smash Brothers for the Wii U came out in 2014, and the new Super Smash Brothers that I love dearly came out in uh, December of... Fuck, so it would have been 2018, right? December 2018. Yeah. So that is a four-year gap. So if... Overwatch came out in 2016, 1720. Then we are about due for. So basically, it sounds like what he's saying is, I loved Overwatch, but I just I'm ready for that next iteration. Mm-hmm. If I'm yeah, it looks like the, the new one's going to have PVE in it. Change. Yeah, like they're adding lots of PVPs or not PVP, but lots of PVE content. So there's more stuff to do, and as also. This but is, that looks this, like it's all it is. Like uh, I watched for the most that, part. Yeah, the the conference. Like you can keep playing. Overwatch One, and I what they're going to do eventually, I'm sure, is that the clients are going to merge, because all yeah. Overwatch Two is really adding is the PVE stuff, like that Left for Dead style stuff, mm-hmm. and it, then it's still going to like Overwatch is more of a platform at this point. Yeah, and it's actually pretty good. Like um, the, the I haven't played in a while, but I'm sure it's doing fine. The workshop stuff they've that they added last year, I think it was the beginning of last year. Um, that basically allows you to make any mode you want within there. You can make it just customize any game modes. People have made some really cool stuff in there, um, just off the oh, wall. No doubt. Um, and like me and my friends have a lot of fun, just like searching, you know, forums and stuff, trying to find different codes for weird games to play in there. And we'll just hop I in. I like Lucio Ball. Lucio Ball is good, but I mean they have the weird stuff. Like they have. Uh, what do they have? Like they've got, uh, um, basically Frogger. One of the maps has like this four lane road, and one of the one of the um, workshop maps that somebody made is you're essentially trying to run down this stretch of highway with four lanes of cars, uh, just racing yeah. your friends and trying not to get killed by by all the oncoming traffic. And it's as like, one does, yeah. Like they, there's a lot of weird stuff in there that they don't they don't really push at all. Like they yeah. they've added stuff to it. It's just 
no one's really talking about it unless you're really already We're looking for it. Yeah, unless you're hard, really into yeah. the the you know the game. It's like to me begin with. hunting the like No Man's Sky Reddit. Like I know about things that no one knows about because yeah. I'm a freak, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say this is another good one that I think you guys will all relate to, and then we'll start. We'll launch to another top, not another one of you guys' choices. Um, Dylan and uh, Dylan Marcellus. Uh, and, um, let's see, there's somebody else that brought it up as well. Um, and hipster staff and both mentioned those old school resident evil games with the, uh, tank controls, uh, that ironically have now been remade to critical acclaim because they don't hold up. Yeah. I mean, you, <laughs> yeah. Come, come April, all of those ones will have been remade. Mm-hmm. No, no. Somebody mentioned code Veronica. Eh, we don't talk about it. Code Veronica is a very different thing. <laughs> no, it's, it's exactly like those games. It just doesn't It's not exactly like that. It's very different. Okay, how? Tell me how. Perspective is different. It's, uh, it, like, yes, it has tank controls, but Code Veronica feels like a different thing to me. So you're saying it's the camera's a little more fixed and controlled. Is that what it was? Yeah. It, 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 I know it's not a huge change, but it, it makes it feel, like, yeah. very different to I me. Mean, yeah, just as long as tank controls are the only thing, four has tank controls. Yeah. Well, but, but yeah, no one's compl- gonna. Oh, come on, though, that's different. Well, but that's I what I'm what saying. If that's the only criteria, it was the yeah the fixed cameras with the we- yeah the mm-hmm. weird like you press up you go down kind of stuff sometimes. Yeah. 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 And that um, like the perspective changes everything in four. Like the game feels so much better because of the perspective. I yeah. wonder if four doesn't. Ho- I wonder if four still holds up. Four, I play four, four is every tough year. On the original, original, the the remakes of it that are essentially the same thing, but oddly enough, the Wii remake of it, where it's the same game, but whenever you aim down sights, you've got motion controls to aim with, feels great. That was a great port. Um, also, I mean, the PC version's great. The Switch version is great. I own that game on everything. I probably play that game once a year. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, no wonder you bought that. Almost bought that Resident Evil uh, typewriter keyboard. Yeah, we don't talk about that. <laughs> um, those are some good to inter- good ones to interject right there. Shay, did you prepare a game that did not hold up well for you as an example for this topic? Um, to be honest with you, no, I didn't. Like, because what I thought about was just all the Final Fantasy games from the PS One and the beginning of the PS Two era. That was kind of my main one that I thought about and like I think a lot of aspects they do up, hold up but mainly the story with those games they don't hold up uh, but except for 9 which um, is great oh yeah so we were hmm? kind of on the same page there with our exa- with we were game. yeah 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 I think so but like if I were to think of more of a modern game I thought Halo um, Crumpy's suggestion of Halo was a fantastic um, was a fantastic example I, d- I don't know if I could really think of another example off the top of my well, head well let me ask you this question then Shay Mm. Um, do you think that if we go back and play Final Fantasy 7 and 9 maybe again that we will also feel disappointed by those stories as well no 9 is great I think here's the thing with 7 like the story is just as fucking wacky and crazy as 8 but because I enjoyed the gameplay of 7 a lot more I enjoyed a lot of the music a lot more that I'd probably be a lot kinder to seven than eight, to be honest with you, I am a little harsher on eight than seven, and a lot of that is honestly due to nostalgia. Um, ten, you know, I had played that within the past five years, and I still think ten, minus a few random funny story elements, I think ten actually holds up pretty well. 
um, in a lot of areas. So as as far as seven is concerned, nine though, rich. That's because he. I I, I didn't play nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't I don't mind admitting that. So I, I need okay. to let you. Everyone borrow has that. a dark shame. Nine is really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. we should see because that'd be. Interesting I do want to play nine. Whether it would hold up or not would be interesting because he's never played it, so he would be approaching it from like a modern video game like sort of perspective. Like if it holds up to him now, he doesn't have any sort of nostalgia and to. Attach I'll, I'll to say, it. and my view might be skewed on this because I really like Nine, but I, I played it for last time I played it was probably two or three years ago. I played through it again, and I still think that the the script is really good. Okay. Yeah. That's more recently than I can say. I oh, that's it. fair. I just I'm trying to think of a game right now that like recently came out that I don't think holds up. Like I think the Mass Effect games hold up really well. I think the first Bioshock holds up really well. I think that the See, Dead Space games hold up really well. Bioshock is my my pick, but not the original Bioshock. What about your beloved hmm. Skyrim? Do you think that holds up? That's a good question. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do because I, I could still right I could still that enter show, yeah. that game. I could still enter that I game. Think you'd still play it for the f- same reason. Like I don't think that's changed at all. Well, I mean, like a lot of those games that were like evolution. I still find like open. I feel like they're like in Skyrim or like the Fallout's, like any of the Bethesda games during that time frame. There's so many little side quests and side stories that there's something you could find in there that would just like hook you. And that's what's so great about those games, and that's why so many people love those games, is because like. Maybe, like, for most people, the main story is not the most interesting aspect of those games. And that's the truth. And when you, like, you're wandering around and you're having your fun and you're exploring this vast world, and then you come across that one story that hooks you, then suddenly you're invested in the game. Like Oblivion. Oblivion was a great, fun game. And I didn't get hooked until, like, truly, truly hooked until I played the Dark Brotherhood um, in Oblivion. Because murder. Because murder. Right, intrigue, mystery, murder. But um yeah, I it's it's hard to say those games don't hold up because I think that story-wise they do because I think there's a story in there for everyone. But actually, you know, actually I have an example. I love the game, but I also think Fallout 4 is a game that we're going to look at here within the next 5 years and say that game didn't hold up very well. And that's because they took a lot of the, <clears throat> excuse me, they took a lot of the best elements from Fallout 3 and New Vegas and they just fucking mainstreamed or streamlined it. And it wasn't near as good as 3 and New Vegas. Like, they they shrunk the world to quote-unquote make more areas discoverable, but it made the map feel super small. They added in the... And I, you guys have heard me shit on this aspect many times from this game. They added a Sims element that nobody fucking wanted. I mean, okay, like three people somewhere in the world wanted them, but almost nobody wanted them. And they they added that. And it's just like a lot of the story beats in Fallout 4, like some of them were interesting, but most of them were boring. And they were just like watered-down versions of 3 in New Vegas. And it was like... well. It just felt like a very watered-down version. And so I think Fallout 4 is going to be one of those games that we look at here in five years and like, no, this game didn't hold up at all. I think even now I feel that way about Fallout 4. Uh, Like, as someone who did everything there was to do in Fallout 3, there's so much of Fallout 4 I haven't explored because it just didn't even come close to clicking with me in the same way. 
Yeah, right. I mean, one of our commenters actually, Ducky192, said Fallout 3. Wait, they put a question mark. I don't know why. The story still seems decent, but Christ on a fucking bike, that game engine is a damn lemon. It seems so dated mechanically. They, they, they released so many patches for it and never fixed any bugs, which is amazing. And Bethesda's still using that engine today. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what Skyrim's going to run. I, I just the thing I don't get about Bethesda because they have, they have so much money and it's like you just don't see it. Like at least with like – I don't really like Call of Duty games, but at least I see the money, right? I see the money in the product. Um, uh, show, so me, show me the money. Oh, yeah. No, the part that I remember as a kid from Jerry Maguire is when he's banging that redhead on the bookshelf. She's like, never stop fucking me! What did we talk no. about earlier? <laughs> Sorry. Um, I used to Thank watch you, it Rich. a lot. That was the only... Yeah, no, we know. <laughs> That's all I had. I didn't have porn or anything. I just watched that over and over. I was 16! <laughs> all right. Um, you were 16 and you couldn't figure out how to get porn? Dude, it was a different time, Rich. All right, we're old men. It, right? I, okay, you're not that much Dude, older Dude, it was not man. that fucking different, Morgan. Where did you get it from when you were 16? Enlighten the, me. The internet. the internet. Oh, yeah. I, I had fucking parental locked AOL from my parents. What do you want from me? You were 16. And you still have AOL, Morgan. You realize my none of them changed. How the internet worked. None of them worked. You just tap F5 like twice and the, the, the blockers broke back then. Although none I of them worked. Them you just refreshed like two or three times and then it'll load. Go to the library, print out some JPEGs. Did you did Exactly. You, did you <laughs> He's just hearing this trick. He's just hearing the the tap F five to reload trick. I yeah, I don't know what that is. Oh. He's gonna try it after the podcast. <laughs> yeah, my wife's got those machines. Yeah. That's one of those uh, stories I always bring up, Rich, is I had a dreamcast. That was actually now that I think about it, my dreamcast was how I would go look at it wasn't moving porn, it was just still frames. Not not I mean, moving. I used the, the story doesn't I hold used up. It. <laughs> I used it to play Shenmue, so basically the same thing. Oh, yeah. We can talk about Dreamcast some other time. I got lots of memories. Speaking about games that don't hold up, Shenmue. <laughs> no, um, I disagree. I think it's better now. It's, it's You're right. It's ironic now. It's become a joke. Uh, so I guess me and Shay were on the same page there. Josh, did you have um, an example for this topic? I had another one that I think is going to make people angry, kind of along the same lines of Halo. I don't think GoldenEye holds up at all whatsoever. Oh no, it doesn't. It's, oh, no no shit. Yeah. No it's shit. Really rough. It's it's like I played so so much of that game when I was a kid. I absolutely loved that game. But it I I have no idea how none of us realized it was bad at the time. Like it, because it, it was at the time it was good. It was changing what the first person shooter would be yeah. and doing it about as well as it could at the time. Uh, but you're, it doesn't hold up at all. GoldenEye Source, on the other hand... GoldenEye Open Source is amazing. <laughs> we Dude, played, that, that is Shane amazing. and I played some of that a couple years ago. We did. Yeah, we, it was super we should do a stream fun. of that. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that'd be great. Um, yeah, it's like everyone at Glaucoma. Like, that game is so ugly. Any six, Look, this is going to sound bad, because, like, I, I have my 64 games I love. Rich was on a show where we actually talked about our favorite 64 games, but that system in particular visually has had a rough aging. Um, everything kind of looks kind of blurry and washed out for whatever reason. I, I don't feel that way as badly about the PlayStation, um, oh, even though those games You're are... wrong, but, yeah, no. They but continue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they look more similar than people think. Yeah, like the... 
the the N64 did have I think it had a few games that were more ambitious that just tanked the frame rate at times. Like Goldeneye was one of those. Like even in single player, it can't handle more than one grenade anywhere. And and even the one, things are getting shaky. It's yeah, it's a lot. And then they wanted you to play with four cameras on there. You know, PvP. Oh, f- and tiny screen. Yeah, yeah, tiny little screens. You you couldn't see anything on there, and yeah, like just the performance of that. It couldn't handle it. It really couldn't handle it. But yeah, and we, yet people took kinda, it so fucking seriously. Mm-hmm. People got so hardcore with that shit. I was like, God. Yeah, I was never one of those. People. No odd job. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Yeah, tiny odd job. Yeah, a little. That's short bullshit. <laughs> and the hat. Oh yeah. Mm. I was always a Jaws guy, can I say? Um, yeah, Goldeneye is a good one, Josh. I I don't even know if I think I don't even think I liked it at the time, but I know a lot of people did. Yeah, and that game it really that was like one of those magic moments for the first person shooter on console, and then kind of Halo sort of wiped it off the face of the earth because yeah, Halo actually had control. <laughs> Something I want to go back and play. I was too busy. I, I don't Quake. know if it doesn't hold up. I'm sure it doesn't. But one that I really liked at the time because it was so weird and again it was kind of we, we've been talking about how sometimes the war games try to do things so much more seriously was mm-hmm. the 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 rainbow six on n64 um mm-hmm. had this hmm. weird feature where you could plan out routes where you you controlled a squad like a four-man so, fire so team <laughs> well no you didn't just give them orders you'd plot it out like you'd pause the game plot out where you wanted them to go on the map like go okay. here hold there and then you'd control one of them through that. So you could, like, plan out these tactical missions. Um, Weird. So it was it, almost like you were programming the AI. Yeah, it's you what you were doing. Mission. And it was just a bizarre thing. And I'm sure just control-wise it's probably not great because the, the one thing that they did have above um, uh, Goldeneye was that they used Southpaw controls and you walked with the, uh, the C buttons and you actually aimed like a normal first-person shooter but with the left stick. Um, mm. Oh, that probably feels a little more natural going back to it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah like it's actually like a shooter. I mean, granted, it's, yeah. it's the N64 controller, so, so not great, but... I mean, like, remember, the N64 controller was actually built for spider people. Mm-hmm, yes. I, I, dude, I'm not even kidding you. The first time I ever played, like, a dual stick kind of thing, I want to say it was on the Dreamcast. My friend rented, it was, like, a Quake or some weird game like that. Did you just call it, Quake some weird some game? Some weird game. No, that... That, no, that wasn't dual joysticks either. I don't know. It had com- it had weird ass. For the record, the first double joystick shooter I played was Goldeneye in the mode where you use two controllers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and to be you honest, know, the uh, only way to play. That's great. Uh-huh. No, Quake was just weird to me because I was a sheltered child. I didn't know what this fucking Quake thing was. Um, uh, let's see, Rich. Did you have an example of a game? Uh, that- yeah, this this might be a lighter one, but it is. One I've been thinking about more so recently, um, and, and it's weird in contrast almost because Bioshock is probably one of my favorite games ever, like a narrative first-person shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's reflecting on Bioshock Infinite for me. Uh, I still yeah. really like the world building and stuff, but I don't think I think it was sort of chasing, trying to be as crazy of a story as the first Bioshock, yeah. and just doesn't quite get it. Yeah, 
it doesn't feel like the gameplay has anything to do with the setting in that one. Like, they wanted to try to tell this story, but... Like, like vigors and stuff feel like they, yeah. they're like, these things have to be here because plasmids have to be here. Yeah, exactly. But, but like, as far as, like, it actually reinforcing the narrative at all, it doesn't. It really, like, the combat kind of, in more ways than it helps, undercuts the narrative in this game. Exactly. Whereas, like, the idea of plasmids felt more natural in the first Bioshock because there's kind of, like, this environmental storytelling where you get the idea of, Okay, most of these were put in as, like, normal household ideals, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, incinerate to, like, you know, light your cigarette, light your pipe or whatever. And then yeah. as this sort of civil war broke out, like, they got crazier because they were straight up weaponizing them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So they evolved from, like, things that you they could evolved see from, everyone using. I'm going to snap my fingers and make a flame to light my cigarette, too. I'm going to shoot bees out of my arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and again, it's well, it's like the opposite in Kojima. Infinite, where like, oh, we're we're, we're God's chol- crows, chosen children. We're all perfect, but also maybe X Men are cool. Um, yeah, like it's, but it's also, weird. I want to be able to shoot crows out of my arm. Yeah, <laughs> it, it yeah. just it really it undercuts the story they're trying to tell with with all of that. Um, yeah, and I just think I yeah, my issue with it tries Infinite. a lot, but le- it, I think less of it works than doesn't work like i think so much of it feels weirdly out of place in the world in a way the original nothing really feels out of place to me in the original bioshock Mm -hmm. infinite infinite is one of the most fascinating things because i feel like everyone who like reviewed it was so hot on it because it was like running on the fumes of oh and i loved it at the time and it was the next big ken levine thing it was when we were talking about ken levine and then he he disappeared again yeah you know what i'm super disappointed about i don't know if you guys ever uh knew about this for a while, and this is a thing we will never see, he was working on a Vita game uh, that was a tactics game set in the Bioshock universe during the war between Atlas and Ryan. Huh. Weird. That could that's, be good. That's interesting. Like, yeah, yeah it, has, I, it has potential, totally. Yeah. The The reason I mention that is just because it's really hard to feel that game's place in history because almost nobody I know mentions it as like one of their favorite games of the decade came out in 2013 oh fuck another 2013 games it's getting mm-hmm. creepy um <laughs> and well, probably because it came out with the same year of the last of us and um that game there's things that seemed cool at first that looking back on just seem ridiculous like people riding on those hook things to get from it's very impressive. oh i still think like, those are really cool um <laughs> it, it's cool gameplay wise but why like, would you i love that on? gameplay wise that was awesome the skyrail stuff yeah but like but, the logic of it, it makes well, no I, sense yeah I, the logic of that i feel like you don't need it so much, but I get what you're saying. Um, the, the, the stuff that the doesn't story, work. Story, the parallel dimension bullshit. The, the, well, well, that that's was almost like one of the few things that works. Like the story is actually interesting. Again, sans all the combat, sans. And they, again, they I actually love the ending, ending, but I love it for what it is yeah. because it's not good. But it almost felt like the writers being like, "I'm going to kill this thing before you can." Yeah. It felt yeah. spiteful in a way, which I don't know if I should feel good about that. Yeah, like, yeah, like what, 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 what if we didn't whatever? have all 12 books to wrap up the, the Dark Tower? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just, I didn't, I, for one of my big pet peeves in fiction, and I know is this it 12 is... 12 or 8? I'm, I'm, I'm blanking now. Is like, when too, someone has a big many. plot twist where they're like, there's another parallel world right next to this one, and we can hop right into it. It's like, well, oh, okay. that's what's crazy yeah, to me, is like, the, the DLC for Bioshock Infinite that takes place in Rapture is more interesting to me... Like that holds up better to me than the actual game. Yeah, that game. sounds great. That sounds great. Did yeah. you Did you ever play that? No, burial no, I... burial at sea is amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. 
and that's the thing. Like, there were so many good ideas, and his, the, his heart was well, in the right place. And that's just but... it. Like, one of the reasons I love that is Bioshock made me fall in love with the world of Rapture. And Burial at Sea is one of the few times you get to see Rapture before it went to hell. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like, cool. You get good. to walk around that city, and you see, like, the little sisters, like, being ushered around by a big daddy, like, walking in line. And it, like, every it looks like the utopia you were told it was before you got there. Well, and also, like, I remember so many moments and bosses from Bioshock 1. I can't really remember it. I don't remember what the big daddies were in Bioshock Infinite. What the, were uh, handy handymen. Yeah. What they is had, that? What were, they were what those they big, like, like mech-looking guys. They had, their hearts were in... They were basically big, like, clockwork cyborgs. Okay. Like, see, I my brain is totally forgotten. Them also, there were clockwork George Washingtons with Gatling guns. Mm-hmm. I remember those were cool. Like, a, <laughs> I do remember They those, had, actually. like, angel wings made out of American uh, flags. Design-wise, a lot of that stuff was really cool. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it all made, like, the coolest trailer I'd ever seen in my life. But I remember playing the game and fin- finishing it and being like, eh. I, the, I don't feel anything. The um, yeah, the big daddy equivalents were called handymen. Handymen, yeah. okay. They I wore bowler hats. There's and a lot had of wax mustaches. Do you remember all that controversy about Elizabeth's bust? I remember that. Mm-hmm. Morgan, God, fuck, man. To me, I get the argument, but if we, we can't talk about anything. Jesus, yeah, it's, it's, it's real. Dude. It's correlated to the it's, fucking. It's, no, it's real, not but correlated. also it felt like it has a nothing to do with whether a game like, holds no up or not. Now, if you're talking about well, if you were impressed that her bra <laughs> held up well enough, <laughs> and if it's still holding up to this day, then sure, that's a good <laughs> conversation, Morgan. But not really. Hell of an elastic. But I mean, oh, well, let's you know have what? That's right. <laughs> now that I do have to think about it, I think the coolest enemy design in Bioshock Infinite was, like, the main enemy, the songbird. The songbird was pretty great. Yes, the which, songbird Because right, it yeah. felt like this weird, like, bird... Like, it, it felt like it was taking a lot from Big Daddy's in its design. Like, I thought the songbird looked fantastic. Yeah, but and, yeah. and I just feel like that game... Everything about it looked amazing. It had a great trailer, the art, but it was just like when I was done You know what's it, crazy? Like, eh. For us to be talking about this and me being like, yeah, it really doesn't hold up that well, and at the same time, I'm like, I should replay that. <laughs> because it's like... It's, it's like there's this weird hole in your mind where you're like, why don't I remember that as fondly as I feel like I... Yeah. It's and you strange. know, my memory yeah. of it is replaying it, I want to say, a year or so after. Uh, because I want to say a year or so uh, after that game came out is when I built my current PC. Mm, and okay. they gave it to me with my graphics card at Micro Center. Hmm. I also remember they really well, leaned into the combat in that game. And, ugh. Yeah. I love the combat. I think part... <laughs> I think part of that that how it holds up. I think part of that desire to play that too has got to come from like you wanting to see how the how you perceive like all all the elements of that game now. I think because I went back a little over a year ago and played uh, Fallout Four, and granted it was was had only been out for three years at that point, and I I remember even not enjoying it as much as I did the first time, but I actually played the DLC like Far Harbor and all the other DLC, the other two DLCs and the DLCs in that game were so much better than the main story and whatnot that was going on. And that's, it was so different. It's funny you mentioned that because that's the main thing that always makes me disappointed that I couldn't bring myself to get through Fallout 4. I look at some of the stuff for those expansions and I'm like, I really want to play that content, mm-hmm. but my brain will not allow me to find a way to touch that stuff without playing the main game. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this, dude. Far Harbor was probably one of the best things Bethesda has ever done with those genre, like those, like Sky, like the Elder Scrolls games, 
and the Fallout games. Like Far Harbor and even, is I, seriously I loved, amazing. And I loved every bit of DLC for Fallout Three. Like it's our episode, whatever, two episodes ago it was when we talked about trophies. Like back in the 360 days, Fallout Three was one of the games I made a point to you know get every achievement yeah. on. Mm. Right, yeah, like the the DLC for those games is always so fucking <laughs> Josh, good. Josh had a funny face. Uh, I'm just not yeah, a big no, fan I, of three. I, don't, I, don't. I it, it was time and place for me, man. Like I was a senior in high school when that game came out, and right. it was like I, I was all about that. Yeah. I really no, enjoy. Yeah, I there's a certain mindlessness it. to it. I think I think the world is pretty great, but the story is just nonsense. Um. It's very pedestrian. It was, it was our first introduction to the VAT system. Which you know, I really you know what's too. funny? I think about the weirder parts of Fallout stories that stick with me. And, like, one that always sticks with me is in the pit expansion for Fallout 3. And, Shay, you'll probably remember what I'm talking about here. The whole plot with the baby in the pit expansion. Oh, yeah. Um, when you find it, if you have the cannibal perk, you can choose to that. eat the baby. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. No, like th- there are some elements, like like you're saying, and the only reason why I re- brought up Fallout Four is because you mentioned in Bioshock how the DLC is better, and like it's always interesting to like kind of compare. I think that would be a really, actually, a really interesting topic is like to compare like DLCs to their normal games. Because I remember when I mm. played Assassin's Creed Two, and I obviously that was a lot of people's favorite Assassin's Creed game. A lot of people like Black Flag as well. I absolutely adored. Yeah, Black Sec- Flag. Two was amazing when it came out um, for the time. Well, two and was great. I remember like my friend had let me borrow it, and then I completed it, and then they announced a DLC, and then I went and rebought the game just to play the DLC. And the DLC was so fucking tacked on compared to the main game. But then you like compare for two. You're other talking games. about right? Yeah, and then well, you. You compare other games, and it's like, wow, the DLC outshines the main game. Totally. I feel like, to me, with 2 especially, and this is like a case of us kind of trying to figure out what DLC was at the time, the DLC for 2 almost feels insulting, um, because it's inserted into the middle of the game, and in the main story, when you're playing it originally, they're like, oh, these sequences have malfunctioned, so you can't play them, and then there's just a time skip. Yeah. It was insulting. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, speaking of which, Rich, uh, me and Dean Richards left a comment and said, the original Assassin's Creed, it was amazing for its time, but the gameplay doesn't hold up after years of improvements. It was, was tough. It was way tough. It was repetitive. They put... It was a little... Eh, I can't say that compared to the others. They're all pretty repetitive, I, but like... I think more so, though. I mean, think about it. The arc of every bit of that story was get to a city identify the target, do one of, like, three, yeah. like, you know, either eavesdrop or pickpocket and to gather enough information to do the assassination. Like, it feels the most blandly formulaic to me. I, I agree with this commenter, but I actually had... I was fighting against those people at the time, Rich, mm. those repetitive people. And you're not wrong, but my... Oh, I loved that game at my, the time. Don't get me wrong. It was... I played the shit out of it. Uh, but like in hindsight, it's very formulaic in a way that is exhausting for how long the systems game is. were just not fully fleshed yet, and it made it made a lot of like the stealth bits way more frustrating than it should have been. Um, yeah, that that's true because there was a lot of times where I I killed the guy I was supposed to, but like the process of doing it was like clunky and messy. Yeah, or like I got spotted. I just feel like it was very unclean, unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I do remember. 
thinking that it was kind of like Shadow of the Colossus at the time. I know that sounds like a weird comparison, but in that game, you have one hub building that you're at, and then you just go out, follow your sword, kill a Colossus, rinse and repeat for 10 hours. It was good stuff. Mm-hmm. It, yes, but they good were both stuff. But they they're were both, both kind of about stuff, finding your mark and then just killing them. And like, yeah, yes, no, yeah, no, no, you're, you're both totally right. I think like. The parts that sit with me is, like, some of the information gathering in Assassin's Creed I just never enjoyed. So I'm like, mm-hmm. if I have to sit on a fucking bench and listen to some yeah, asshole well, again. <laughs> have you seen that guy? Anyways, that's a great comment from me. Half me the and time Richard, be like, oh, agree. no, he's in the biggest building. You could have yeah, figured that out from like, the beginning. Hey, yeah. you know that big palace yeah. at the front of the city? That's where yeah, he is. You know that like, one oh, spot no where if you walk in there, everyone kills you? I think he might be there. <laughs> It, it was so cool, though. Like, you remember at the time, it was so cool because, yeah. like, there wasn't any games where you would scale things like that. Yet. Oh, yeah. It was so, a, like... You'd, it you was were, the first of the Towers games. Mm-hmm. You had looked right over all the flaws because you were like, oh, my God, I'm way up on this fucking building and I'm going to stab a dude with my cool knife that's in my shirt. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. Oh, those hit the synchronization <laughs> points and, like, the music swells and you... Yeah. Like, they, there was no beating that at the time. Yeah. yeah. It was, I love that game at the time. And even, like, again, think about this. This is crazy to think about because... Uh, all the marketing for the original Assassin's Creed up until launch, they were trying to keep it, the sci-fi elements a secret. Yeah, that all they were doing. Part pe- people were probing because on the occasional demo, you'd see like a digital interface flash across the screen, and they'd be like, mm-hmm. "What's the deal with that?" And they're like, "Oh, you'll guess you'll have to wait until it launches and see." <laughs> yeah, God, that's so weird. But it really think about it. Like we didn't we didn't know that was gonna be a thing until the game was released, which is kind of cool that they managed to keep the sci-fi, like, framing device under wraps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a big part of enjoyment for me. Did you guys ever play... This is the last comment I have, I think. I'll double-check. Uh, Shram underscore Ryan said, Star Wars Bounty Hunter. Control yeah! Mm. It does not, but I still love it. <laughs> it does not. It does not. Uh, uh, you could get that on PS4 now. Um... I actually lied. There was one more good one. This is a perfect way to end it, I think, as we move on. The original Half-Life. This is from Spiders underscore Corner, shooting for one of the most important games of all time, but I think they have a good point. I've been playing through it for the first time, so I guess I can say it doesn't hold up for me because I never played it. I have friends who love it, but it has not aged well. The control physics... Um, the controls, the physics are bad, the story is very loosely told, and all in all, it's a product of its time, but the shine is definitely worn off. Mm-hmm. Um, can, can I say, uh, hopefully this person is listening to the episode, um, if you, I don't know how far you are into Half-Life, at this point, I assume you're playing it on Steam or something, just play Black Mesa. Oh, the which remake. Is, the DLC? It is a fan-done remake that Valve oh, kind of sanctioned, okay. and it is... It it's really good. I see. I came to Half Life like a good chunk of time late, and I remember like playing it with this weird like, "Ooh, I'm playing that Half Life game that everyone talks about." And I was that's what pulled me through it. But like, I I missed it at its peak, um, the peak magic of that game, and I'm sad because I feel like a lot of people had a really powerful experience with that game. Yeah, I think oddly enough, the things that do You're hold muted, up about Rich. that game are the the storytelling bits. Because they kind of changed how you could tell stories, like with so much more just environmental stuff going on in there. Just yeah, like you're just a uh, you're just taking like the Last of Us. Yeah, like stuff, it, stuff keeps on happening just... around you, and I think that yeah, was yeah. such a new thing that if if you just saw that for the first time there, it absolutely would have blown you away. But he's absolutely right about the mechanics just being clunky, and it's it's. I've yeah I've gone back and pl- replayed the first one recently and it it I yeah 
had a hard time getting through it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's an old shooter at this point. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, and the things that made it revolutionary at the time are going to seem very, very dated. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those but things I would say where... to anyone who wants to experience that game at this point, it's basically done, from my understanding. Like, you could play it start to finish at this point. Just play Black Mesa. It's a fan project. It's really well put together. Hmm. Okay. Keep that in mind. That's a rich recommendation. Um, that sounds really, like, cheesy. Rich's recommendation. <laughs> of the week. <laughs> they go, you guys ever, like, have a cigarette in bed? No. It's Rich's recommendation. <laughs> I'll be honest, we'll start putting that segment in. I'll just make it really weird shit. I feel like Kentucky Route Zero, the game we're talking about later, is kind of the game that I need to have a cigarette in my bed at 4 o'clock in the afternoon and just contemplate what the fuck is happening. Um, Can I tell you, before, before we even remotely get into that, um, I was really confused when you told me you beat that game in one sitting, and then I found out that you had only beaten the first two chapters. Yeah, I lied. Because I also, didn't lie on purpose. I lied on accident. Yeah, because also, Rev messaged me about that, and he was like, yeah, Morgan told me he beat it, but I think he's full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't full of shit, but he was right. I was full of shit. Um, I I didn't I wasn't anywhere close to beating it. It's a long story. I can tell you guys later. Um, but I so I only beat the first two chapters. So I actually don't hate it. Uh, I was worried I did hate it, but I don't hate it. Um, anyways, uh, there's a, a great topic of the show, guys. Uh, I think it was a lot of fun to delve into. I mean, that's the kind of topic that's just so broad you can spiral forever. In fact, maybe we'll do this on the last week of the year before game of the year, and Rich can then put Bioshock Infinite on his games that do hold up list so it can make both lists. Games that don't hold up and games that do hold up. Um, because wouldn't that be weird if we all go back and play Infinite and we're like, damn, I like this a lot more now well, than well, I Well, that's used to. the thing. I'm going to start oh, – God, I, I should make this list and have you post it on the Instagram to get people to vote, Morgan. Uh, I, I want to try and maybe replay something uh, for my Twitch streams. Mm. And I, I have so many ideas that I might want to see what the community would rather watch me play. Yeah. How did you play the la- – I can't believe you played The Last of Us that fast. In man. two like, days, man. You're like, in a week? I'm like, I did it in two days. What have you been to be doing honest, with your life? Oh, I call to be honest work, with you, Rich, if you just play anything on stream, you don't really need a poll. You don't need to poll others. Just do whatever you want. People will be happy. Be, yeah, I know, but it's it's less about being like making people happy and more about like I can't make a decision. Please make. You're it for an me. adult. Make your own decisions. <laughs> I can't. Should I? Let me text somebody. Look, we've all done the poll. He's drinking a beer that somebody just left in his fridge right now, Shay. Yeah. Hey, at least he made his own decision though. Hmm. That's true. I made the decision to not leave it for him because I'll probably see him tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Um, okay, so, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I want to thank all of our commenters. I will tag them every Thursday. I try to get a question of the week up on the Instagram, and we want to get our community involved, so I grab some of the messages that stick out. Um, or it's just random. I try to get new people if I can. Um, and, again, if you want to support us, if you dig what we do, Hey, I don't mind throwing these guys a couple bucks. You can go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Patreon.com slash swordchomp. The cool thing is we have a private Discord channel where you can talk to like-minded gamers and us, uh, which is a lot of fun. And if you just throw us a dollar, you get on the Discord channel. We have a private Instagram page, um, which is a lot of fun. It's five bucks. And then, of course, we have other tiers, $10 for extra podcasts that we do, spoiler shows like Chomping After Dark. $20 Skypes. There's all sorts of cool stuff you can check out at patreon.com slash swordchomp. 
fun Patreon fact, I keep forgetting to unsub the Patreon despite working here. <laughs> <laughs> so you're really just funding yourself. There's really, you don't really yeah. have to because you'll just get those checks back eventually. It's exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, it just makes you look like you're a team player. You're investing in your own yeah. company. It's like mm-hmm. stock. Is that insider trading? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, but you won't go to prison for it. In this cool. Case, I promise. Um, so a couple of things I have on the docket here. I, I don't want to tease the last of it. We already, we have more last of us to talk about because I finished it, but I want to get to some newer stuff first. Um, did Josh, did you get a chance to delve into Kentucky Route Zero yet or no? no. Um, I'm not super refreshed on it. I beat the first three episodes as they came out because I've been in the game for a while um, I think I'm most the way through the fourth but then I figured I'd probably hold off and kind of see if I could convince you guys to eventually play it whenever the final episode dropped so I'm st- I started it over and I'm, I'm still in the first first episode going back through it so I've played everything you should be talking about but it's been a while been okay, a while since I've fair. touched all of it so did you play it like when it first dropped in 2013, or was mm-hmm. this something? You yeah, this is later? something I've been following since they first announced it, um, and so I played like like I said, like the first three episodes, like as soon as they dropped, um, which is crazy because this game has been being developed for what seven years now. This is another 2013 game. Yeah, it, dude. It's yeah. A, well, yes, yeah, this was one of the. Yeah, this is part of the. The eerie 2013 mm-hmm. show <laughs> coming back full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting because this is, it's just kind of a magical realist adventure. It's the epitome of a point-and-click adventure. You literally walk around, click on things in the environment, and your character kind of walks over and interacts with them. But it's, like, very surreal-esque. Like, yeah. it's hard to explain because it's technically not futuristic because it takes place in, you know, Kentucky Route Zero. It takes place in, like, southern... America, but it is like because it's surrealistic or uh, surreal. It's the aesthetic does feel at times like very otherworldly. Um, yeah, you could even say futuristic at times, but it's not really supposed to be. You know what I mean? It's like a dream, like a nightmare of sorts. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's got a lot of influence from a lot of the other like surrealist art out there with between between just the paintings and then other narrative stuff as well like there's an awful lot of influence from stuff like Twin Peaks and the way the way people talk and uh, I was talking to Rich about this a little bit I I don't want to really get into spoilers but it's like it's early on in the game Um, nor do I because I'm not um, just to give you guys a frame of reference where I'm at I'm in uh, chapter 2 Let's go up to chapter two. Yeah, let's. You, you do finish chapter two. I did, I did not finish chapter two. Okay, okay. So let's just talk about chapter one, <laughs> which chapter. I think is a good baseline to kind of like give people an idea of what. The, despite the fact chapter two does something very different. It. Mm, I I think that this game might have been more effective even at the when you could only play one chunk at a time because I found that I don't know if you felt this way, Josh, but as someone who's playing it all now, I was trying to go right from one act into the other and like. Because There's a lot the first, to see. Well, There's a lot well, to process, yeah. A process. That was the thing. Like, think about how weird that first act is, right? If if that's all you had to play once or twice and you could just sit on that for yeah. a year. Yeah, it was or about a year was. between the first three for each of them. I think I think the third one was a little bit longer than that, and the fourth one was only what like it was like another two years ago. Uh, and people were yeah. pouring over like 
internet forums and stuff being talking about yes. like what does this mean like yeah. like yarn on a goddamn uh, <laughs> cockboard like connecting photos mm-hmm. like there uh, it has to be crazy board. to be part of that community is that a board made of cocks it's a board made of cock <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining this giant board what cock cock yeah, yeah. Uh, you know they grow on the cock trees <laughs> You get the wood. You know, it's uh, it is one of those things where I think that that would have made it more interesting for me because, like, I when I got into the second act, mm-hmm. I still don't even know what the fuck I processed in the first act. I, all of a sudden, I was looking at the TV that's... and a hole opened up, and I I'm an antique dealer. And I'm like, what's happening? The fuck is happening? Yeah. That's know? why like, I put myself in like I'm not gonna like sit down and do all of this. I'm gonna do like an act, and then I'll like come back like a day or two later and be yeah. like, all right, let's ju- dive back in. Yeah, I think you need at. at least a little time to process it just because it's there's so much going on. Um, at least just kind of collect your thoughts before you go to the next thing. Um, well, let's collect our thoughts on Act 1 then. Let's see where this goes, okay? Sure. So you're an antique dealer named Conway, and you're at a mysterious gas station. I'm not going to hit this whole thing note for note, but the important stuff. And it's very creepy, sort of, but you're not sure why. Like, they're sort of evoking this really sort of dark nighttime, something's wrong with this world sort of thing, even though it's just a right... Like, that gas station has a giant fucking horse's head. Um on it. Yeah. Well, it's not <laughs> it's just the that. For the it's the whole horse. It looks like it's this big, you know, decorative piece. Is it really? And yeah, then whenever the you look at the layout of the building, it's just the whole horse was buried, and all you see is the head oh. sticking out. It's yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, you mean like underground? Underground, yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. And you kind of can't really notice it until you put the power back on, mm-hmm. and everything kind of illuminates. Yeah. And, and by like that some point, you're, you're leaving. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, they're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, as far as I can tell. <laughs> they, oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. But is there anything with the? Yeah, you, you find a dice, uh, a die. Sorry, um, and you place it there. I guess if you want to, or you can keep it. There's I placed it. I'm interested. What did you guys do? I put, I left it there for the ghosts who mm. needed to. I roll kept for it initiative. because you can keep it and then roll it whenever you want later on if you keep it. Like, it stays in your oh, menu, that's... and you can just click on it, and it'll just roll a new number. I just felt oh, the ghost oh. earned it. And then, you know, there's fun stuff like that. Like, you can go have a conversation with the gas station attendant, and I love how sort of, like, dismissive he is, almost. Like, if you're like, hey, there's some people playing some kind of board game in your basement, and he's like, nope, don't think so. Yep. <laughs> so I think you're well, wrong. Oh, no, no. Well, and that kind of adds up because you turn the lights on and there's nobody there. So, obviously, there's something happening. Um, but the weird thing is you're basically just looking for this address. And he's like, I never heard of that address for – oh, no, he's like, I have. You need to get to the zero. You need to zero. take the zero. Yeah. The zero. There's dropping the zeros. Mm-hmm. And that's the uh, Kentucky Route Zero. But he can't find it. He's like, well, you want to find the Kentucky Route Zero, you got to go meet this person. So, you go meet this. And she'll be able to – Point you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And on the way to meeting that girl, I did find that weird car wreck with those coffins all over the place, which I thought was weird. Yeah, that's 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 important. Yeah, there's actually. I don't know if you. I'm obsessive, so of course I explored literally every road in the game. Um, there's a ton of stuff going on in that first first act that you can just kind of explore and find. That it just gives you so much texture to the world. Um, like more people you can meet and talk to and more of them kind of like those first ghosts you meet that you'll come across and it doesn't seem like they're aware you're there like it's like you're unable to interact with each other 
kind of like, like yeah. were they real? Were they not? Yeah. Real so it's yeah. So in the same way, the people in the basement at the gas yeah, station. Yeah, exactly. Just like yeah, exactly. Like the people in the basement. So you don't know if they're ghosts or if you're a ghost or if it's just like what the some deal is. you know parallel universe thing going on. It's like it's they don't give you an awful lot to go off go off of in the well. They give you a lot. It's just they don't put the pieces together for you. Like you slowly get those as you go through the story. And it's better for that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, again, some of the more, like, introducing the surrealist stuff to the universe early on, like, the way, like, weird information is given off, like, so nonchalantly, like, when you're getting directions, and it's like, yeah, you're gonna want to make a left once you, you find the tree, the burning tree. The tree that's always yeah, on yeah. fire. Always on fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the way yeah. it's phrased. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, I like that stuff, too. There was, um... Yeah, and then so you're on this journey to f- the thing that I was struggling with was why he was so hell bent on taking this dark underground nightmarish journey just to deliver some antiques. Like, because it's his job. Yes, yes, of course. But there's, at some point, you're like, okay, I'm not gonna spend, I'm not gonna search for this weird highway in the middle of the night just to deliver some antique. Well, like, that's somebody like, after you know, he Morgan, let me explain this to you. I get <laughs> yeah, that it's you... a good time for delivery <laughs> games, isn't it? I get that you feel that way, but that's because you're a coward. <laughs> Look, my Norman Reedus would say otherwise. I'm just saying the, the logic of it is kind of weird. Like, I, I think it's suspension of disbelief, man. At this point, like, that's the least of my concerns in the writing here. Like, David Lynch is smoking a cigarette in, an, in a windowless room somewhere writing this stuff down, so we just need to go with it. Mm-hmm. I And I don't dislike that. Look, I'm a big Twin Peaks person. I love Deadly Premonition, as you know. Did you watch like, that thing with David Lynch interrogating the monkey? No. I haven't seen that yet. I, I need go, to watch it. It's pretty it. short. Yeah. It's on Netflix. You should watch it. Mm-hmm. Should I? Okay. All right. Um, I, I just sometimes I worry... This is weird. Sometimes if something feels like it's just being weird for the sake of being weird really fast, I get a little thrown off. Because I'm just like, okay. I think this is smarter than that, though. It just needs time to show you that it is. Yes, and that's what I'm hoping. Like, like he, he has dropped some sort of minor hint about like it being like his last delivery or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, I didn't so want to really spoil anything, but like I was talking to Rich I don't remember that. where that was. Was that in the first act or the second? I don't know. I can't remember where this was. Right I can't pinpoint it for you. Um, but it's very early on, yeah. Yeah, the the, t- the way they they get so much across with texture in this game. Like, it's very minimalist art style, but it still gets so much across like and the art's like haunting. It's yeah, in a well, way, it, is the best way I can think to describe it. The, a lot of black. The, the dialogue boxes oddly have a lot to them. I don't know if you've noticed this. It's like very minor, but like certain words will have different textures, like almost like kind of just this ghostly. I uh, I had not noticed that, but I'm sure I will now. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. It's it's some people talk slightly differently. Like basically, anytime you see Kentucky Route Zero or or Route Zero, anyone's mentioning that, there's like a particle effect behind it that it like it's very very faint, but that it's supposed to give off like almost I guess a visual representation of like an ominous tone. Yeah, yes. well, they have that, and they also have like whenever you're interfacing with any of the computers. Um, it slightly changes. There's a flicker. The, the the text itself flickers a little bit instead of just being the standard, um, you know. It's, it basically looks the same other than just having this kind of CRT flicker to it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, they, like they do so much little things just like to kind of pull you into the story. It's, 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 yeah, it's really, really cool. I, 
I thought the um, the minecart thing was going to go somewhere a little more crazy for some reason. You like go in this minecart underground for a while. I I went up and down every floor in that mine shaft and explored everything, and it didn't really. As did really I. Happen. There's stuff to see. It's like it's less in, of big things and more of like world building, and for you to sort of understand the character you're with and yeah. her family and what happened to her family. Yeah, and then she does weird stuff too. Like I'm just gonna go back in the mine, and you just think she's gone, and then she just comes back, and you're like, just people act really strange, and you're like, are they acting strange in an, in a way to mess with my? That's the weird thing about this well, sort of. That's like, that's. I think you might be overthinking it in that respect. I I feel like that's the surrealist element. Is it's are people acting strange, or is that just the conceit of this world? Is that well, just what this is? That's what fucks with a, like, hyper, like, bouncy brain like mine that's, like... Because I'm always, like, it, it, what's going... Like, are they doing this? Is this just artistic effect? Is it is there meaning? Is it, is it in the middle? Like, I'm just always wondering... And, and I think the point you, you kind of need to, like, let yourself coast on is, like, be like... There might not be meaning to this, but if there is, it's gonna reveal itself in due time. Yeah, there's a little bit of both. There's an awful lot of... Um, like, like I mentioned, like, you meet these just... They're completely text-based. Like, you'll, like, uh... Well, either... Not completely text-based. A lot of times they'll have, like, an audio component, but, like, they won't have fully fleshed-out screens or anything showing on. But, like, if you drive around in the world um, beforehand, you can find stuff. Like, I found a diner that was open, but none of the lights were on and nobody could see you. Um, huh. That you could go in and try to order a coffee. Um... And it, it, it's like they, they give you little stuff like that. There's there's a church that has, you know, the Ooh, people people ideas. singing the same the same two verses over and over again. Uh, and you're yeah, locked I out. Like, I, yes. Yeah. Um, oh, I, was that in chap, chapter two, Josh? That's, I think that's in chapter one. one. You may be able to get back oh, to it. it? Oh, is, okay. Well, as long as you can get to that first open world area, you can go back and revisit it. Um, I did go to a church. Because, yeah, yeah, right after the... Right after the whole mine thing between the the act the act one break, um, they let you drive around a little bit more. I think right after that, so I think you can explore the same thing. Yeah, you're you're that. back in the car with yeah. um, the other character, mm-hmm. and that, that's basically when you need to decide if you're going to go back to your cousin's house or go back to her shop. And you can, you can kind of mull around the world for a little bit there. Yeah, you can explore there. It's the same 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 world you're exploring. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I love that stuff just for the the fun the fun stuff it does with your mind. But I think what Rich you're saying, and again, I'm in so so far, I'm I'm intrigued. Uh, but I think the the larger thing about this game that I think is interesting, what you were saying, Rich, is you just kind of have to let it let you know let, let it, it wash and, over you, yeah, and and mm-hmm. it'll pay it back later. But that also involves putting a lot of trust in something that you have no idea where it's going to go. Yeah. You know, it it's not like someone's. You know, it's 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 interesting that you had that much faith in it, despite only playing one quarter of it. You're like, this will all make sense. Just give it time. It's gonna. It's and take the it, like at the end of the day, like if it doesn't all make sense at the end, then the worst thing that happened is I played a game that maybe I didn't get as much out of as I hoped. But yeah. a lot of people, there are plenty of people in my life I trust who have told me this is a thing for me. That I should be experiencing, so I'm willing to kind of put my yeah. faith in that. I think, I, I, it, yeah. I think people are, oddly enough, I I mentioned this whenever I suggested we all play this. Finally, was that like I loved the game for the first three chapters that I played, but didn't want to really push it on you until it was all the way done, um, a finished product, a finished yeah. product. And so I think we're finally there. A lot of people on console are finally getting it, and it's 
Um, I think because of that, it's just got enough good word of mouth that people are kind of like willing to give it the benefit of the doubt because there is totally an awful lot of weird stuff going at the beginning that, um, yeah, people didn't know it was going to pan out. But after the first couple chapters, we we're like, okay, like it's it's obviously all this stuff is leading somewhere. Um, and a lot of it is I, like I can imagine just texture, kind of like Rich was saying, like, um, one of those areas instead of being text based is just like a screen. And I stopped and I watched two guys push like a little prop plane down the highway. Yeah. They just, I just stopped and just watched them. You just, just watch them push this thing, but they don't, just it's like they're watching. just trying to they're trying to evoke like a vibe or a feeling with a scene mm-hmm. instead of just having it mean something. Yeah. What it's supposed to mean is the feeling it evokes within you is hopefully what the artist yeah. uh what evoked within them when they were thinking about like the coffee, like the trying to get the coffee in the dark empty diner. That is supposed to evoke a feeling within you. Yeah, well, um, it's weird. Like that's kind of a recurring theme. Like there's the 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 that diner where it seems to be open but you know, everything's dark. Nobody can see you. There are a bunch of people sitting there in the dark as if there's nothing wrong. And then, yeah. so like you, you have that encounter and you, I mean, you can find these in different orders, but then there's also like you meet a bunch of people who are camping around a bonfire in the middle of like a burnt out rec center. And one of the ladies there will offer you a cup of coffee and you can sit there and drink a cup of coffee with them. And it's kind of this opposite experience to it. Cause like they're actually, you know, yeah, you're able to interact with those people, um, in a, you know, drastically different setting. So it makes you wonder exactly how alive the world really is. Cause it seems like parts of it have, you know, been dead for years. Um, that's the kind of stuff I wish that someone would make like a surreal open world horror game or something because like the thought of like playing something with like a big budget where you're literally just exploring a map and you walk up on a dark diner and you walk in there and there's just people drinking in the dark and like that kind of shit like just sounds so evocative. I'm not saying it's not effective here because this the art direction in this game is actually is incredible, but I'm just like I wish there was something. I like those ideas that they're going for, mm-hmm. uh, and there's they're conveying as much as they can. I think with their art direction, obviously being a limited budget and at the time. Um, that was the first thing that I saw this game way back in the day, and that was the first thing I was like, "Man, that looks." It's usually just a screenshot of that big gas station with the horse, and you're like, "Oh, that game looks that that looks like it has a look to it." Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that's where it starts, really. So, mm-hmm. I'm curious. I'm curious to see what what we're gonna think about it as it goes on. Uh, maybe I'll go back and play the first act again like I wonder if it's something that's more enjoyable now that I have more knowledge if I were to go back and play that first act again if like my brain would like get more out of it maybe a little bit I think I'd probably wait until you played you know more more of it played it all the way through yeah a full on second playthrough might be where you get more out of it yeah because I mean I was I've been getting more stuff out of it after you know playing like I said like the first three acts first three and a half acts I can't remember exactly where I stopped initially but um yeah it does i i I think it's probably more worthwhile just kind of see everything it has to see there has to show you and then kind of go back and re-experience it yeah i guess i didn't know the first act was going to be that short so i would have explored more of the nooks and crannies like because i beat the first act in like half an hour it was like fast it was like i was like oh shit it's over okay so i feel like i just maybe missed some cool weird stuff but um yeah kentucky route zero 
Uh, maybe we'll have continuing. We will have continuing impressions on that, thanks to the Rev mm-hmm. for my review copy. Um, he's determined to make me play it, so I did. Thank um, you. Even though I got confused. <laughs> Much can. Yeah, a little bit. I thought I, thought I finished it. <laughs> I was so cocky. I was like, I beat the whole game in one sitting, guys. Wow. That didn't happen. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Rich, I, what is this? I think it, it rolls oh, credits ahead, between acts, doesn't it? I, I know it did back There's in the a, day, but I don't know if yes. it still does that now that they've well, released all of them. It, it did not for in, me. It did not? There okay. was no credits, but it just went like, end, chapter, blah. Okay. Because I think whenever it was initially released, whenever you finished whatever the current last chapter was, it would roll credits. Um, I, I don't enjoy those pr- pr- prologue sections. Did you have those before? Those weird, like... Have you done the prologue for chapter two yet? Um, it's like a, it's just like a lady in an office. Oh, the, the like the in betweeners where they're yeah the in betweeners. Yeah, there's more. There's, there's more going on with that that you'll kind of you'll you'll start to to get. Oh, dude, did you see the phone one, Josh? Have you seen the phone in betweener where you dial? You have to use a a phone. Uh, it's and, been oh, it's been forever. It's been so long. Oh, Since there's some fucking weird ones. Maybe that's chapter four. Oh my god, there's some really weird shit. You've been bit by a snake. Press six. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll see. A uh, rich, savage planet. I wanted to get a just a brief. I know you sure. sounds like you've been busy this week, and you have. Yeah, but I, I played a few hours of that. Um, I I, I like that game. I, I definitely do want to see it through to the end. Uh, I think my counter is saying I'm like 30 percent or so through that. Um, for anyone who's unaware, it's out on Epic and PS4. I want to say right now. Journey to the Savage Planet. Jer- yeah, it's Journey to the Savage Planet. Um, 30 bucks on PlayStation. $30 on Epic and uh, PlayStation. I'm playing it on PC. A uh, very different game than I think it presents itself early on. Um, I was kind of getting a vibe of like a curated No Man's Sky early on. It's not that at all, like in any respect. Uh, like this game is straight up a, a Metroid Prime clone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it... I think for what it is, as you start fleshing out the upgrades and getting more, like you get a grapple gun, you get a jetpack, um, it it does really well. It straight up has the scanner out of Metroid Prime. Uh, yeah, it's it has weird. a no really good slap effect, like a Metroid Prime thing now, because it's been in so many like survival games. You're like, oh no, it's just a survival game. But uh, yeah, but like this yeah. one on its nose is totally that. Yeah. Um, well, because it's just one planet. The Savage Planet, right? It's the, yes. Again. It's yeah, the, yeah. the Savage Planet. Uh, basically, the setup is you are working for the fourth best, um, uh, I guess, like, you know, interstellar exploration company. Uh, oh, and y- okay. You land on this planet that's supposed to be uninhabited. Uh, and when you get there, you immediately find this large, like, you know, clearly man-made structure, this tower in the center. So they're like, you need to figure out what the hell's going on there because this planet's not supposed to be inhabited by intelligent life. Uh, so you head out to exploring. Um, I beat the first boss, which was this sort of like crab monster, which is pretty, pretty neat. Uh, this game's full of puns that I don't think are great. That's my biggest knock against it. <laughs> give me an, give me an example of one. Maybe, I'll, uh, the bomb, the bomb granite. Hmm. Oh, mm. that's not great. That's, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a bit weird considering it's... pomegranate is anyway. Yeah, there's there's resource gathering, but it's mostly like on occasion you'll just have to go kill enemies to like farm a little bit of uh the like carbon resources and stuff because it basically comes down to like 
oh, to keep going, I need this grapple upgrade, and I just don't have the materials to craft it right now. Nothing crazy. It's very bright. That game has a lot of bright I like I like the look of it. Yeah, it really pops off the screen. Uh, the one, like, the bigger knock with the story stuff to me is there's a lot of weird FMV stuff of, like, isn't capitalism crazy? Like, weird ads. Which you like. I'm sure you love it. I do like, but there's only, there's only so many of them, and they start repeating really early on. Oh, okay, so it's like a cycle. It's yeah. like you start to see those Mads Mikkelsen things over and over again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I really this wish happens they w- so I fast. Know. It's, the it's one completely off topic, on that, but though, like, I, yeah, it's really strange that those start repeating. I mean, it makes sense, like thematically, they're just their memories. But like, but when it started happening to me, I was like, "That's fucking weird." Well, I didn't know if I was supposed to skip them or not because I didn't know if they'd ever start repeating with still new stuff there or what at that point. So like, I, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the like, first time this, I realized yeah. it was one I'd seen, I skipped it immediately. I was like, "Done here." Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like yeah, it's it's weird because there's so many cutscenes in that game that you just you skip because they're they're yeah. repetitive. But yeah, I thought that was kind of strange because yeah. those are specifically narrative ones that end up being repetitive, which was weird. Repetitive, yeah. yeah. It, you notice those more when you're deep in the. the um, it's like, funny um, you mentioned like feeling the need to skip because I'll give Savage Planet credit on this. Those ads are never thrown down your throat. Uh, they're basically playing on a screen in your ship when you're back there like crafting stuff mm-hmm. so you could just kind of ignore them and go about your business were you, cool. were you surprised to find out that it was like from the creative director of Far Cry 4 um not terribly I don't think there's a crazy amount of Far Cry DNA in this no ah oh, damn it that's what I was hoping for. uh no not at all uh besides like it having some first person platforming what about the humor I was thinking the humor was more along the lines <sighs> is Far Cry 4 I uh, no. I I'd akin it more to like a Borderlands, so not good. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh no! Uh, um, yeah, no. I actually was listening to the soundtrack, and it was very Borderlandsy, and I was like, eh, I was expecting more from the music. So um, I don't think the music but, is bad, but I, I think there's enough there. To, like, I really like the gameplay. Um, the world's bright and colorful. I think there's enough there that works to like sort of zero out the stuff that doesn't work for me. Hmm. It's only thirty bucks, yeah. I, that's definitely one that, like, if I wasn't so busy right now, like, I when you, I really wanted to play that. But then, you know, other stuff came. Kentucky Route Zero and yeah. Last of Us, and it, that's a good sale game. Like, if that drops to like fifteen bucks or something, I'm gonna snatch that up. Yeah, no, I'd probably totally, spend the totally. full thirty on it. But again, I'm I'm in the same. Too much else to play because again, I'm. I really want to go back and play The Last of Us again, so I need to I need to get back on that. Um and then so much stuff from last year that I ended up missing. It only takes like two days, man. Mm-hmm. God damn, yeah. I hate you. Speaking of which, um, The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Finished it. We finished it. All right. Rich had to, man, I worked so hard to finish it. And Rich was just like, yeah. <laughs> I, I finished, finished it before it. you too. <laughs> how, is that po- how is that possible? What day, what's it? What's it? Friday? I finished it on Wednesday. <laughs> um, I have children. I'm going to blame that. Yeah, that's um, fair. I played. Yeah, I probably sat down and played it maybe two or three or four sessions. I'm trying to remember how many sessions I did, but they were only like three hour sessions at a time. Although last night I was like, I'm not going to bed till this fucking thing is over because I can that tell. That game is shorter than I remember. Mm-hmm. Well, and to be fair, you've played it before, so you probably know the the way. Well, you don't have to kind of stop and figure out what all the crafting and mechanics are, so you can just do it. That's kind of that yeah. also helps because there's yeah, that's true. There are. Um, yeah. How did you feel going back to it? 
Uh, here's a crazy thing to think about. I still think, for the most part, it holds up really well. That narrative is still fantastic. Um, I felt like I was fighting the controls sometimes. Hmm. Oh, really? Uh, Interesting. Yeah, namely, this annoyed the shit out of me. Uh, on occasion, you're kind of walking through somewhere, and any pace you're trying to move at, it feels like the game is trying to slow you down and stop you. Uh, and I felt like my character was, like, clipping and fighting against my, my inputs. And oh, weird. A, a few it of the felt more really fucking zones, frustrating. I, I noticed that. I remember I remember the sewers in particular. I feel like, I'd, like I'm running into crap. Like, I'm just, I'm getting hung up on stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. instead of just trying It to, happens a lot. Yeah. It's, uh, well, and the weird thing, well, I wouldn't say I necessarily felt that, but I, okay, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt. Dude, I have a hot, I have a interesting take on uh, something. So no, you no, felt like it was a little slow. You felt like it was, you were a little, cause you, were, you were fighting the controls a little bit. So you felt yeah. a little bit dated there. That's the only yeah. thing that really bothered me. I still think the story is great. Um, it still evokes a lot from me. Uh, I also played the Left Behind DLC, which I had never played. Yeah, I have uh, that too. I should, how long is that? Uh, I beat it in like an hour and a half, two hours. Okay. So for me, it'd be about six. <laughs> Um, no, that one's yeah, more sounds... narrative stuff. It's, That's pretty okay. straightforward. Yeah, it um, okay, shouldn't cool. be as much that as... you could get distracted uh, with. Yeah, also for, for <laughs> scope for where it takes place, um, it, it, it does have a flashback sequence that is Ellie remember... Like, it's basically two different stories running simultaneously. Yeah. It's Ellie remembering the night she got bit. Um, <laughs> oh, that's cool. While also taking with place... With her friend, with her best friend. Yeah, yeah. while also taking place... Um, right after at the college when Joel was injured yes. and you're playing to try and find medical supplies and get him stitched up and like keep him alive. Mm-hmm. That, that, oh yeah. And she ends up getting those later from that guy in the woods. Well, this is way before that. This is like, that's her like staving off an infection. This is him, her literally getting him stitched uh, up. Okay. So a couple, let's get to some good things first that I agree with. Like I never, this game never like brought me to tears or anything like also you can play Jack X combat racing. Um, no, no, um, no I'm, that's not a lie. In in uh, there's a trophy the... for it. There's an arcade you go into and you can play Jack X Combat Racing. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. They I like they like you. putting their old games in there. They yeah. do. They do. Oh fuck! I forgot. Oh, uh, see the okay. God, maybe lose my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the Crash Bash party on the couch. Um, <laughs> I there the one scene, there was one scene that I did really feel like you could just feel the tension between the two characters that did get me though and it was when Joel was trying to get rid of her um, in a way because he didn't want to get too attached um, and he was trying to hand her off to his brother Tommy this, and, yeah. she, and then she was basically just like everyone as is, 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 I've ever been with is gone and you're just trying to pawn me off too and they were both just kind of looking at each other like they they, they didn't really he didn't really want to separate from her, but he didn't want to get too emotionally attached because of everything that happened with his daughter. Yeah. And he, but he also knew it was kind of fucked well, up. Yeah. That and his partner and right I, after I also, that, or not right, but right before that as well. So, yeah, I, I think what like stretches yeah. that home too is like right before they really have that interaction and you just kind of see how like broken Joel is from everything he's been through when like Tommy goes to him and is talking about how he went back to Texas and he tries to give him the picture of him and his daughter. And he's like, no, yeah, no, no, no. He's like, I, I'm not going to deal yeah. with that right now. That I just thought that scene was, it like, it got like, it just reminded me of just how incredible the, the in the whole scene where um you escaped the, the the college was really intense because like you you protect her the whole game and you have you're it's out of your control at that point because you're injured, mm-hmm. 
and you get and she does a good job of fending him like two or three guys off enough to get you out of there. That's you know, and it's believable up until that point because she's had to sort of learn everything and 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 I was really impressed all the way through. The the my hot this is not my hot take. I was blown away by how I did not like this is not mean I don't think it's a, a this is not mean I don't think it's any less of an incredible game. Because like look, there there's entire chapters of Death Stranding that I think are pretty fucked up. Um I did not like how she turned into like Tomb Raider in that in that one chapter. Um because I was Do you think falling... it was that dramatic? Like no more so than like what Joel had been for the entirety of the game. Well, the, here's the thing, though. It got me thinking about a lot of that stuff. Right or wrong, there's something about, like... Video games are silly, right? Do I believe Master Chief can kill 10 billion aliens, right? Well, yeah, he's believe, a Spartan. <laughs> do I believe Joel can fight, you know, 30 of these creatures off? Like, you know, he's but he's an adult. But there was just something about... She had been handed a gun, like, for the first time, like, a couple hours earlier. She That's just, not true at all. Well, she said she that shot not, a BB That was, like, gun. months she, have gone in by fact, at that she's, part. If you play that DLC, you'll know she was basically brought up in military training her entire life. Well, that and okay. Well, let's let's take that into account. Um, you're right. Yeah, there are months passed because you go through the season. She, you got to remember, yeah, yeah. she was born into the world being like this. There's no way she doesn't know how to survive. Well, but she said she had never shot a gun until. Uh, he gave not her not a, a proper gun. like rifle. She said a real gun. Yeah, yeah, you teach her. He's talking. He's talking about kickback and stuff. And and all that was believable for me. The problem was when you meet that guy in the woods. Like there was like a straight up like fucking probably also, one of the most intense fights in the game where there was like thirty guys coming at me at once. There was a fucking bloater on the top of this elevator. There was pe- like. 30 or 40 oh, oh, of these people yeah, running this. through the through the windows, and I'm just fucking headshotting them left and right because I've been playing the game for eight hours, right? Well, and I'm like, she's basically Superman at this point. I mean, well, here, here's I'm, another thing to keep in mind, too. You're talking about a game experience of a few hours. Seasons have passed. Her and Joel have been together for almost a year at that point. What I'm saying is that... It's been sequence, a long time. I, I'm not arguing that she doesn't have the ability to defend herself, but... I, dude, that sequence was like Gears of War level, like intense. There was like it was it was insane the things I was doing. Now, I think what was interesting about it philosophically is as a gamer, I had already played the game for eight hours or so, right? So I was actually really good at the game at that point. So when they had me switch to this character and then throw me into something that was adequate challenge level at that point in the game, dude, I was like headshotting people like left and right. They were running at me. One of those bloater things jumped on it and I, it took like five rifle shots to the face and one of those like Oh, see, man, that's your mistake, man. Don't be throwing r- rifle rounds into the bloater. You hit him with a Molotov, then you hit him with the nail grenade. He's done. Again, like just the intensity of those sequences and then after that, you're, it, she's like a killing machine left and right just murdering everyone and I'm just like, okay, it was just—it was almost like the Laura Croft thing that people complained about, where she got off of that boat and then she was suddenly, you know, she picked up a bow. But, but a that's just it. I, I get what you're saying. Like that, the Laura Croft thing is more immediate to me. Whereas you need to keep in mind this story is told over the course of like an entire year, and the the, the part you're talking about is like at least six months removed from, you know, the bit with the rifle. Like she's been through a lot. Over a long course of time. 
I mean, I guess it just it was too much for me. It was just too much. I, I well, I, I guess I get what you're saying, but it's still like a video game at the end of the day. But she's also 14. Well, that, that's what it made me think of is like the whole video game thing. Like the things that people let these games get away with is, is interesting. Well, because I, I don't know because I. Again, I don't think she does anything that's significantly more impressive than what Joel has done, and I don't... He's a grown man! Yeah. He's a grown so adult! So what? She's 14. Yeah, that... A 14-year-old kick... Most 14-year-olds kick my ass. I don't know if you played and, any multiplayer and, shooter ever. Have you ever watched anime? Those... Have you seen what 14-year-olds are capable of? <laughs> I, yeah, I just... I don't buy it. It's not the end of the world for me. I just, I just don't buy it. Um, because it at, because I feel like it just had to become if it were a like video a melee game. game, sure. But like, aim is something anybody can do. Well, but not to the degree that they're having you do it, Josh. Yeah. Like, th- during that scene, I was, I was killing them with a precision of it was it was insane. I was basically Rambo at that point. It was fucking crazy what how I was murdering people. I was so good at it, and they were coming from everywhere, Josh, all angles, bosses. It was insane. I just I just didn't buy that with her character yet. Oh, um, and then after that, dude, I was like murdering so many people. It was like left and right. I was stabbing people to death, which is a it's a physical strength that you need. These grown adult people, I was just jumping, stab, stab, stab to death, stab, stab. Yeah, like, but she jumps on their six, back and goes right for the neck. She knows what oh, to do, dude. Sort of. You can kind of. It gets a little nasty with how you can come at them, depending on how they attack you. I like when um, you're hiding in, like, a mini-mart and you're, like, stabbing the fuck out of a dude behind a shelf and his buddy on the other side of the store is just, like... <laughs> just like <laughs> it's, yeah, it was... You okay I, it, over there, Raymond? It was conflicting because, like, I was enjoying it, I guess, from a gameplay perspective, sort of. But You, you I know just... what's actually uh, a weird note of replaying this has... Uh, I've taken away from this, which I think is going to be good for me going into The Last of Us 2. Um, a lot of the, uh, marketing stuff for Last of Us 2, people criticized it for, like, the gratuitous violence. Mm -hmm. Uh, I forgot how much of that is in the original game, Mm -hmm. but used to such great effect. Like, that I think I'm more confident in them having that in The Last of Us 2. Well, that's the whole point, I thought, was that they were using the the gratuitous violence to, like, to a more artistic... Well, yeah, again, but I'm far removed from that when the people were talking about it, and it was in a lot of the promotional stuff that people were like, that seems, like, a little bit much, but, uh, again, yeah, like, this game uses it, like you're saying, to such great effect to, like, really put you in that, like, adrenaline rush, like, fighting for survival, I think it portrays really well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, believe me, I've I killed about a hundred infected in ten minutes, so I, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. There were like thirty or forty of them. Come on, man. Okay, I'll give you fifty. I'll round up to fifty. I'll give you forty-four. Um, it was take, interesting. Take that it and then oh, don't even, and then of course Joel can barely move, and then suddenly he's running around beating people up. It's like, uh, it did committed a lot of crippling sins. I feel like in that in that third act, but. They they got because like I feel like you you're think, being too hard on that. I, I don't, I don't think it does anything that insane. Okay, well, he could barely move, is what they were getting across, and then he just suddenly wakes up and he's like, "Oh, I don't, he's I don't know if you've so, ever slept, but I don't do an awful lot of moving when I'm sleeping, and then I wake up and I'm like moving around. Can you believe it? I was just not moving like five minutes ago. Well, no, he was in. He was uh, really sick from the infection that he had. And they were implying that he was pretty immobilized, hence why she was mostly out hunting by herself, because he couldn't really contribute, right? That was, that's what they were getting across, I felt. 
Um, and then yeah. she she gets that penicillin or whatever and shoots at him. And then, of course, he wakes up from his, his power nap. But that's at least he, 24 hours later. At least. And, and the things he was – like, he was doing a lot of aggressive – like, here's the problem. A lot of these games that go for hyper-realism, when they have to become a video game, it, it takes me out of it a little bit. Um, but I feel like in this case, it was more noticeable for me because this game was going for such extreme realism. Um, and it's it's not the end of the world, but like I said, it just became a video game. I had to be able to sneak around and beat people up. And it made me think of when Josh was complaining about the horse in, in Red Dead, like slipping up and down the mountains, and he was like crying about this. I'm like, you know, Josh! Like how horses do. Yeah, I was like, this it's is not so even just the horse. It's play. like everything. A, like a 10 degree slope is just insurmountable to Arthur Morgan. It, it just Whoa, it, it just made me realize that somebody who came into, uh, I think, a little more level-headed is that people are going to kind of make, I think, excuses for the things that they really like. Because there's a lot uh, in this game to really like. I just really like throwing like. bricks at guys. Um, <laughs> there, there's a lot in this game to really great. like, and I just think it makes you a little more forgiving. So I just feel like they were stretching that believability a little for me. you know. And, and then they were really hammering home that he was fairly immobilized, and then he was suddenly... I feel like you've skipped all the transitions saying that time has passed in this game. Is kind of half these complaints. I'm, not, I'm I, I do agree with you that, like, just in general, I mean, this is a problem with this game, a major, major problem with stuff like Uncharted. Oh, I'm basically a good guy. I've murdered 8,000 people, but I'm a basically a good guy. Um, and they do a lot of the same sort of things. He's a puckish rogue. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It's not the end of the world. And, it, you know, Uncharted is a lot sillier. Yeah. It's a lot... <laughs> Like the tone by design, here. it's more like serial adventure. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and, it, and it, no, like that's the thing that we just yeah that, that always happens in games. There's just like um, just a disconnect between what's going on in the gameplay, and I don't think it's as much here as in most other games. Uh, really, um, it just so. yeah, it just stuck out to me for whatever reason. I don't know, I don't know why, but I was just like, I yes, time does pass, but I don't. I feel like there's only so much you can like. Um, yeah, it just bothered me. But having said that, uh, I feel like they got back on track pretty quickly. Um, I just saw Rich's butt as he walked away. I'm going to have to give him shit for mm. that. <laughs> I saw your butt, Rich. I saw your ass. Mm. Um, but yeah, it it you know it once it got back on track, it was uh, it was pretty great. Like I did, they did go full action at the very end there, Josh. You do have a fucking assault rifle yeah. as you climb the hospital. I was like, okay, now we have assault rifles. Now, now we're, we're um, but that's it. Seems strange the game, that there weren't assault fun. rifles earlier. I mean, other than like the government rounding them up and stealing all of them, but like, yeah, this is fucking America. There are about eighteen assault rifles per person in this country. You'd think you'd be able to find one somewhere earlier in the game. Yeah, um, like sooner than that. I mean, other than them being smugglers, so maybe they didn't want to draw attention to themselves because, like, you start out basically just using pistols. Um, so, like, that's the only thing that really makes sense as far as that con- that's concerned. But, like, yeah, there are – assault rifles are everywhere in the States. It, it's it's, it's fucking true. It's gross. True. But, yeah, they're they're everywhere. <laughs> so. it, it, and, look, I like I said, I don't want to sound overly harsh about it. It just made me think about how video games do that interesting thing where it's, like, 
this this character, this fourteen year old girl, is is as good at combat as she is because there's a thirty three year old man controlling her via video game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she's as good as I make this character, which was insanely good. And yeah. and like you were saying, well, there's a disconnect because they've only got two options there: either the same person's controlling her, or they go like full horror game and like make it back. a fucking pain in the ass to control, like. Oh, the camera's you know wobbling around, and it's really hard to aim. Oh, because stu- she's not as yeah. good to. Um, I was thinking that the the option would be to just do less enemies. Like, why do we need to have focus? I mean, they so could do that as the- well, but then again, like you said, you've been playing the game for that long, so they need to do something know, still a challenge the- for you playing. And well, that's the trap. Yeah. That's the trap. Well, that's kind of like the sequence after that wasn't as egregious. It was like a blizzard, and you, the idea was that you were sneaking around in the blizzard and they couldn't see you that well. Mm-hmm. So I was, I thought that conceit was pretty smart, sneaking around in all these buildings in the dark. Even the boss fight was was better because it, it was weird. There was like this weird boss fight where you sneak around in this like uh, diner yeah. or cafe or whatever, um, and sneak up on that guy and kill him. I don't remember. I don't remember what the guy's name was. He was the he kind of a, they were implying he was a cannibal. He ate people. Um, and he was kind of a weirdo. Yeah. So but you kill him and eat him whenever you... to stop him from all that cannibalism. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, there, it, like I said, it was still interesting. It was just I thought there was a – it made me think more – less about the game, like there's something awful with this game, and more about like the weird nature of like that disconnect between mm-hmm. uh, characters. And how it's not always that big of a deal, but for some reason playing – maybe it was playing a kid. Maybe the problem is with me, but there was something about playing a, a child that made it seem weirder yeah. than – because well, think about Joel. I killed many people with Joel and didn't bat an eye, you know? Yeah, I think the thing they were trying to get across here with the character switch is, like, Joel does so much for through the game. Like, he, like he's damaged and he's got his own shit going on, but, like, he does an awful lot for her, like, coming to – Yes. And that part is kind of a Rambo moment. It's her job finally to do to take care of to Joel. Protect. And I think showing that she's just fucking insane at it is it, it works because of what they're trying to get across there. Like he taught her well. They they have been together for this long, but now that she finally has to step up and do this, she fucking does it. Um and I feel like it worked yeah, fine yeah. considering everything else that had gone on at that point. Um, it is still, like like we said, it, it's it, scale-wise is a bit weird. Like, they could have done some other things to, like, make it a little bit more challenging than just have her murder everyone, like, all the people. Um, yeah. But, well, because you start that sequence by hunting a deer. Mm-hmm. It's like a big deal. Like, oh, you're hunting a deer. Yeah. Now you're killing a thousand people. Mm-hmm. But yes, it was it was just a weird thing. Like I was just thinking a lot about it. I was like, oh, this is just yeah. No, I think it I think it worked. I think they not that they couldn't have done anything better with it, but I I think for the most part it it got across what they were perhaps trying to, the inher- to show there. Perhaps it's the same. It's an inherent issue just with video game storytelling as is as it is. I just what I would love in like my dream scenario for like the sequel, which I don't know if this will happen. My dream scenario with these sort of games is like less enemies. Uh, maybe less resources and higher degrees of realism. Like I just, I don't, in, I don't get off on like the killing fifty guys. If it was just a three or four guys, but it was like really well choreographed, or I had much less ammo or whatever. Like I think That's the way harder to do. I think you're talking about like advancing the AI like that. I, I'll agree with you that I never felt like I was struggling for resources, which is a problem. Yeah. 
Oh, I did, but I was an idiot, and I just shot <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> I oh, just I, I used my ammo like crazy. I was just like... You know, I used stealth takedowns wherever I can, and because of that, I felt like I was never scrounging. Yeah, generally yeah. I'd well, find oh, resources yeah. and be like, oh, I should craft something so I can pick this up. Um, <laughs> it's kind of uh-huh. how it was most and of the I, time. I loved, how, I loved how there was things they had to do to make the gameplay good, but they looked funny. Like, you can't hurt your own your own teammates so like if they were fighting with an infected in front of me i would just light them up with a, with fucking a shotgun flamethrower. <laughs> yeah just light them up with a flamethrower or something and like they don't get touched but everybody around yeah, them just pop off some buckshot like right in their general direction <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. or like if you're sneaking around the enemies can't see the people that are with you but they can see you yeah so like i'd have guys oh, that's my with... favorite thing to watch when it's straight up normal humans and <laughs> yeah. not clickers yeah. like yeah. ellie just like walking in front of a guy and he's like where are you yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, it's but better like, than the yeah. alternative because escort missions are oh, terrible. Yeah, and like, as hell. this is, I, I feel like a necessary evil. But yeah, it'd be great yes, if they didn't yeah. just walk right out in front of some guy. No. <laughs> or it maybe, is, if, yeah, the, the AI tried way. a little harder to hide. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is the best way from a gameplay perspective, for sure. Yeah. But it just made me laugh. And, like, you know what? All the environments were still awesome to the yeah. end. Like, like when you go under the school and you're like in the dorms, but they're all spored out everywhere, yeah. and like those houses you're sneaking around, they're just all great. It's all this. The, I think and they the do, only area that noticed... felt weak at all to me was like the the suburbs area where you're like running through a bunch of houses and backyards and stuff. That was really the only area that felt weak to me, and I don't think it's. Yeah, I don't know. Like other than that, I yeah, think I everything like was area. amazing, and and that may just be personal preference, but I just I don't know. That one, that one just I, didn't I really I mean, speak to me the way a lot of the others did. The suburbs. Yeah, I, okay. I guess I could get what you're saying there. Yeah. yeah, I I I liked it, but I get it for sure because there was a lot of them. Like even when you do that sniper section, like one thing I noticed about a lot of classic games is they find a way to do interesting game mechanics consistently like mm-hmm. okay now you're on a horse running from enemies now you're the sniper section now you're upside down hanging from a yep. rope shooting people like they're they're always trying to find ways to keep the pacing fresh like remember like metal gear solid now you're in an elevator fighting people with stealth camo now you're rappelling down a building now you're fighting mm-hmm. uh, a hind d like all the classic games like do a good job of keeping that um inspiration going boom 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 and i felt like this game uh delivered on that for the most part so mm-hmm Totally. Uh, I'm glad you finally got around to experiencing it. Mm-hmm. I can't I, wait to dude, replay this, this year. Dude, the f- I'm glad I'm, I, I decided to, like, I was thinking about it. I'm like, I know the game's not crazy long, and I was just able to bang it out in two days. Oh, yeah. Man, the, I'm so hyped for the second one now after playing this game, because I'm just, like, imagining, like, them kind of fixing some of my minor complaints and then the visuals going fucking off the charts. Like, I was watching some trailers last night, and I was just like, oh, this game looks amazing. Oh God! I think the last of the two is gonna blow my mind. What, Josh? Are you speaking some sort of foreign language? Yeah, sorry. I was trying to just put that there. You texted us asking what stuff we'd played this week, and uh, I was in a meeting with our uh, CPA whenever you did that, and I forgot to answer afterwards. But uh, I played Wadham this week as well. But we can we can not this week. I've also played Wadham, so I have. Mm-hmm. I, I could discuss that with you a little bit. I'd be happy to discuss it. I just didn't know if you wanted to really carve out we can do it now no no I, I didn't want to interrupt it, you that's why I was quick. typing it sorry I didn't mean to distract you I was just uh, uh. no no I'll put a I'll put a bow on that conversation I would people have been asking about how I feel about this game a lot and I just do I think it's one of the best games ever made yeah. I I'll answer for you yes yes he thinks yes 
He just hasn't come to the realization himself yet. <laughs> I, it's I missed it. I uh, during the, its most crucial period, I will say that I was I enjoyed it all the way through, and I I still so yes. was blo- impressed. <laughs> Yes or no, we'll do. I feel like it's probably. <laughs> yeah. Can we do a main? No, I, I can mean, I can feel you I, with yeah, that. Yeah, it's hard. Like, I mentioned this when we brought it up a couple of weeks ago, just in passing, that some of the combat bits were just not my favorite. Um, yeah, no, totally. But, uh, yeah, I still absolutely love the game, so. Still great, yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird, like, uh, the... I was still impressed by so many technical aspects of the game. I think it's a a technical marvel, incredibly well paced. Um, there wasn't, God, this is going to sound really weird, but on a deeper level, like when I think about a lot of things that inspired it, there's a lot of scenes in this game that are very memorable and incredibly well acted, like I was telling you guys about. But I didn't, like, as someone who really digs into a lot of the things that inspired it, like the road and and No Country for Old Men and stuff like that. There's a lot of scenes in those movies that really like horrified me and stuck with me. Um, I still like still to this day, like there's just things about them and I don't know if there's anything quite in this game. It doesn't mean it wasn't emotionally effective. Like I said, I felt my eyes welling up during that one scene from the characters, but I don't know if there's anything that really like stuck with me and like, and like in a shattering kind of a way. Yeah, um, maybe not. There, there's stuff that resi- resonates in kind of like bigger moments. There are, like some pretty intense character deaths and stuff like that. Um, namely, I will say that that uh, I can't remember the brother's name, but that kid Sam, Henry, Hen- Sam and Henry, yeah, yeah. That was a fast. That was a tough scene. Yep. Mm-hmm. But again, somewhat predictable. I mean, I feel I, like I, I think you saw where it was going once it was all laid out. Yeah, not bad. I mean, like when I say these things, I don't mean it as a derogatory thing. I just mean like I feel like they hit a lot of the. Bi- I feel like it, like the character work, you is so good. Like you just really feel for the relationship between the two main characters. For me, that was the emotional. That's the driving force. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and seeing him sort of like learn to sort of care about someone again. It's weird seeing Higgs uh, talk in this game. I was I wasn't. Ex- oh my god! <laughs> I wasn't expecting. To- it's, look, I played this that game before I played I this know, game. I know, that's so such like, a shame. I... I mean, he's not bad as Higgs, but, like, this is an actual character. Great as Higgs. Well, yeah. yes, he's a real character, a more realistic character in this game, but I'm just saying it's funny because I... It's, it's weird. I think another thing that would have been more impactful in 2013 is I didn't know who the fuck Troy Baker was, mm. and now all I know is, like, I can't stop seeing Troy Baker. It's fucking drives yeah, me crazy. Fair. You know, when you're, you're thinking about impactful ones, this is one that I feel like maybe you should, because it, it, it's not as, like, plainly painted out for you, I think. There's not as much room to see it coming. Um, the brief section with Bill, uh, when you find his partner oh, yeah, who had yeah, hung yeah, himself. Yeah. I, like, that's a good moment. That was, yeah. And, it, yes, that, yeah. Like I said, all effective, excellent. I just like I'll, I will say they were getting close at the very end. The last scene where she like goes crazy and beats that guy to death with a machete. They were kind of leaning into that sort of um, over the top violence and like she had sort of like but used a good good point. effect. I think yes, yeah, yeah. That was a good scene, even if that guy is. A- and I still I, I think the ending of that game still really sticks with me because I I, I, I also yeah. it had me thinking more about like oh god how are we gonna play with that in a sequel. 
Well, that was the thing. I didn't. As somebody who's never finished this game, I thought Joel was supposed to like die or disappear or something because no, 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 in, no, no. no. Um, and we we're still not clear if he's like dead or something at the beginning of the Last of Us one. I have a feeling he's not, but might die early on. Is my guess. You mean the Last of Us two? Yes, Last of Us two. Yeah, I apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, the thing to me is like, Joel is a better character because he's he's a good person, but. At the end of the day, he makes the selfish choice. He yes, mm-hmm. but he makes the choice I think we would all make. Unfortunately, like there's well, that's what makes him a, more his the choice he makes is more sympathetic. I think it makes him more of a human character. I, I thought a lot about that. I was trying to find any way that I would convince myself to sacrifice one of my daughters for like the sake of the entire world, and there was no there was no way I could do it. I I tried to like even convince myself in my head like realistically you could maybe save who knows maybe save all these people and i was like no there's no there's not enough well i wouldn't do it it's it's always a false choice is the issue it's like there's absolutely no reason for what they're suggesting is the the issue it's just like you're dealing with insane people and and that's they think that the way to cure it is somehow to rip her fucking like why like why would that what about that like yeah, I realize that yeah. most of the power grid is kind of like kind of fucked, but like there's there's ways to do all this. Like it's it's insane. Like like why do they think that once they kill her they'd have any better chance of solving this than just studying her? Well, they don't, but to them it's like a maybe. I know, it's because just... it's not their kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. it's like well that's that's a lot of a lot of narratives do that whole like, oh, this is the only way, and and it, like, no, it's it's really not. It's just you, that you guys have decided it's the only way, and let's, it's the only it's world. It's the only path forward you can see. Yeah, that world is fucked because if that was supposed to be the best of their options, mm-hmm. <laughs> they are fucked deeply. But that's that uh, the best of their options that it's been, what twenty years at that point. Yeah, yeah, no, like we mentioned before, like I love the zombies in this game just because the whole idea of them being. Just you know, like a you know, kind of the fungal like, infection, the cordyceps that just well, take over oh, humans yeah. is yeah. so so. It's cool. so much more interesting than a normal zombie, mm-hmm. and, and again, I think it lends itself well to. We, we talked about this last time. I think so many environments in that game are so pretty because it's less about things being run down and like even the zombies in like they're beautiful. Are, are nature reclaiming? Yeah, like they're they're not just something. reclaiming the human spaces; they reclaim humans. Like the people they yeah. kill end up being part of the environment almost. They're just, it's it yeah, it's just gorgeous. Um, I think you already touched on this, mm-hmm. Josh, but somebody had mentioned uh, the nature of the the virus itself, which I was gonna read. Um, and sorry, I guess it's gonna have to be maybe they left it on the other post. Hold on, but like you said, it was that based. I I remember this video when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. This YouTube zombie ant video about those yeah, ants about cordyceps. Yeah, yeah. cordyceps, uh, and then how they took that idea and sp- expanded it out. I thought I had a really good comment on that. Hold on, um, but yeah, it's that it's a cool idea. I mean, you know, it's and creepy oh, totally. to think about because I yeah. is there a lot of like stuff I missed lore wise in the game that kind of lead into that, or is there intentional mystery and vagueness behind? There's readables and stuff, but nothing crazy. Well, I mean, it's fairly straightforward. I mean, it, they. Well, animals aren't infected. It seems like so, but they can carry it. I think yeah, that's I mean, touched on with the, monk- the monkeys. Like... 
they're just not as good as at being violent as people is kind of the thing I think because like that's one of the things with cordyceps they control ants to get them to get eaten by birds at which point they infect yeah. the birds too yeah but there's it's not like there's they're trying to go even farther up the food chain that's kind of where it stops so this idea is yeah. like what if these guys decided for whatever reason our best strategy is instead of just infect ants we just went all the way to the top like what if we yeah and and went that to the top is, of the food yeah, chain yeah and that that idea well, as a premise these, is yeah. so cool so cool. Well, and think about all the cool ideas that they've been tossing around for years that they could play with in the sequel. Because you know they can't just do this again. Mm-hmm. Naughty Dog is going to try and push their own boundaries of ideas. So Anthemus um, is one of our friends on social media. They said, when the game is first announced or even before, I have a vague memory of Naughty Dog putting a link to a web page about the Cordyceps virus on their website or something along those lines. And then I put two and two together and realized they were making a zombie game. Um and I'll never forget the hype leading up to the official announcement of this game, which I don't remember, but that sounds pretty cool. So yeah, I don't recall that either. But uh, yeah, it sounds like the type of marketing. It sounds thing like they, they would do. have done. That's that's definitely their mo. So I, I that I kind of wish I would have seen that. That's neat. I sure yeah. Is it one of the best games ever made? I can see it. I can see it for sure. For sure. Um, just wish I had played it when it first came out. Uh, what's this? Uh, so that'll probably do it on The Last of Us for a while. Two good podcasts, two good discussions. We will have a thorough, chomping after dark, spoiler filled. I feel like we accidentally spoiled everything right I now. Know, we did so. <laughs> yeah, we, don't tell we spoiled a lot. <laughs> I, I still held back yeah. a lot, but yes, yes, yes. I could go farther into it, but for the sake of time, I will mm-hmm. not. Sorry, looks like it's going to be one of them nights. Um, what's a what's a Wadham? <laughs> what's a Wadham? Um, it is the latest game by the creator of Katamari Damacy, which is oddly enough, oh. it, it looks like this children's game almost because you're playing as these just like brightly colored. It's so fucking weird, and I love it's, it. Um, it's great. I played this on stream this week, actually, and. The story is one of the more affecting stories that I've played in a while. Like, it's the the idea, like, it's, again, bright shapes, simple, you know, like, sim- simple shapes, bright colors, like. And less direct storytelling, more storytelling through, like, emotional ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like they give you, like, these flashbacks of what happened to the world, but you're essentially... Trying to to make people happy and bring all the things back because someone has destroyed the world and you're just slowly doing what you can to bring the world to put the world back together and bringing all these things back. So it's kind of like toilets and bowling pins. It's kind of it's kind of it's it's the anti Katamari Damacy because oh, that one's about mindless yeah. consumerism about just collecting all the stuff because you can. And the thing that works so great about it is because you're. It's fun. It's fun just to collect stuff. Like, oh, there's a thing. I want it, and you go get it. Like the the again, it's the the gameplay reinforces the story so well. Like he's 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 amazing at this, and this is I think this is probably the best one since Katamari Damacy about like how how he's woven that in there because you're trying to bring everything back because the world has been destroyed and everything has gone away. And 
it's it's just a joy. Like you end up finding a new thing. Like, um, and it starts simple. Like you're alone when it starts. Mm-hmm. It's like you and a little rock. Yeah. And then the rock springs up and it has a face and arms and legs and like the two of you kind of like spin around excitedly and then more people, more things start. Yeah. To show like up you find an acorn and you're like, oh, we can help this acorn grow into a tree. And then the tree eats people and starts making them into food. And then it's new things. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just it's bizarre. Like it goes it goes like crazy off the rails. But like the, the main idea being that you're just you're trying to find everything that has been lost to the world um, and bring it all back. Um, And it's weird because it's like, it's mostly children's things is what it's bringing back, which is kind of why it's got this like childlike perspective to it, but it's not really, it's not a kid's game at all. Um, I I could see kids definitely getting something out of it. Like actually, you know, that might be misspeaking. Some of it. I feel like kids would get bored with it a lot quicker than I would. Yeah. But like the, the whole idea though is like loss making you realize that you, you know, what you had and that's kind of, kind of it. You're, you're remembering all these things. You're bringing them back. You're getting to experience them again. And it's, it's, you just get this just strange joy of just seeing a thing. Like, a simple thing from your house, because, like, the story you end up finding, like, as you go is that the first character you start with, the mayor, is, uh, um, you're essentially bringing back his home and his family, is, is the majority mm. of the objects that you're, that you're finding there. So, like, it's, it's all the stuff that he grew up with, you find his, the rest of his family and stuff, um. It's it's bizarre. Like it's mostly just kind of like puzzle solving is like is a, like mechanically what you're yeah, doing. It's basically yeah, like like you're saying, figuring out how interacting with a certain mm-hmm. object a certain way will trigger another object to return. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a weird sort of thing, but like you just you play around. Like oh, this new thing is back. Let's find out what that does. And it's let's just it feels like a toy box. Yeah, it's like you're you're exploring this, and then as you. Like you start to appreciate what you can do with all this new stuff, something new will kind of show back and come back to the world. Um, oh, also, don't forget the the bomb under your hat, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> which can explode with joy and everyone flies through the air yeah. and they're real excited about it. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 such a bizarre game. Is that occasionally they all gather around you and they just keep yelling boom, boom, boom? Yeah, they're like, "Come on, fucking do it, man! We wanna, we wanna, we wanna get blown up." Pull the fucking trigger. Yeah, it's it's so weird. Like, what am I? It, it, like it, it, it does this through the whole game. Um, it's, it's it's kind of another take on, like I said, on the the Katamari Damacy story of the the mindless consumerism, where this is just appreciate what you have is kind of the message here. It's not about, it's it's weird. Like you're going out to get all this stuff, but unlike in Katamari Damacy, where you see it, you want it, you go get it, you don't know what's going to happen. In order to really get anything else, you you kind of have to, you know. Play with what you've got. Just, like, appreciate what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. Live life as it is. And if something else shows up, hey, that's awesome. You can, you know, experience that too. Um, and, like, it, the end of the game, I, I don't want to, like, ex- ruin everything that's going on. We've already gone over a lot. It's, it's not a really yeah, long I game. Am. But, like, you get to the end... And they really drive this home because the ending theme before, like, as the credits start to roll um, and they're, 
you know, showing you kind of like the like everything's wrapping up. They start playing a light motif from Katamari Damacy from the um, from the theme of that game. Oh. Um, oh, that sounds so nice! And it's just it's just magical. Like it happened. I'm like, oh my god! It's it's like they 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 realize it. Like and obviously, it's the same. Trigger some weird synapse in but your brain. Yeah, it's just like it's only there. It's like it's like a single single phrase in this song, and then it goes on to do its own thing. But like it's it's clear that they're they're he's like he's. His games have always been about, you know, just kind of examining your life in one way or another. And I feel like this is a really effective way of kind of tying a bow on a lot of the ideas he's given us so far. I don't know if it's going to be his last game, but it it, it feels Um, like a good ending to it. He does have this year coming mm-hmm. out. Um, he he's doing one of the games on the play date. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I can't wait for crank. that. I cannot wait for that. Yeah, I'm very excited for that console. That's yeah. I'm buying one of those right away. That's, yeah, he's he's doing one of the first games on the play amazing. date. I think it's in the first wave of games. Yeah. Uh, so that's gonna be cool. Yeah, but yeah, it's 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 a bizarre experience. But like, like oddly enough the story was super affecting just because like the, the themes it's actually tackling he handles so well. It's so weird. It's like he's, he's yeah, it's, it's, it, I'm, I'm really impressed. I'm really impressed by the way he's able to just abstractly get you to contemplate an idea better than yeah, basically I mean, anybody else uh, out there right now. He, he's so good at that. It's weirdly subtle, and like you said, there's something about all those games, and sometimes it's a different thing, because this is different than Katamari, yeah. but it scratches some weird part of your brain that makes you want to keep going. I-, I think I played maybe like an hour and a half of it. I do want to sit down and finish it, because it was one of those things where it was getting late, and I kept having the, mm-hmm. well, let me try one more thing and see what happens, but then something new would show up, and it goes, well, let me try this now. Yeah. Well, yeah. let me try this. And that's, and that's it, kind it, of the loop. That's kind of the loop. You get to the end, and oddly enough, near the end, uh, um... Like I don't, I don't want to ruin it too much, but the gameplay changes up a little bit, and it's less about trying to find all these new things, and it's more about really driving home that you need to appreciate what you already have, and they try to make you look at, you know, all the different things that have come back to the world in a different way, and figure mm-hmm. out, um, you're tr- you're trying to reunite friends is what you're doing. Like you get to the end, and one of the new things that shows up wants to meet all his old friends. And so you have to, you know, find the right person to, you know, bring over to them and talk to them. To introduce, yeah. To yeah. introduce them. And it's, it's, it's really cool. It's really well done. And then, like I said, it's, it, it goes cool. with the whole, you know, it, it's good. It's good. It's like, it's, it's bizarre. I don't, like I said, that leitmotif at the very end, you know, story, story bit and, and credits. If you haven't played Katamari, you're you're gonna miss that. But it still you're, it still uh, works narratively. You haven't played Katamari. Itself. You're missing out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that was like I said, just kind of really emphasizing that this is kind of topping, you know, uh, tackling the same topic with, you know, just from a different angle instead of saying like, like this yeah, thing is bad, a different but, thing, but it it complements mm-hmm. what Katamari was trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. It's really charming. It's it's got all these bright like soft colors like everything's like um like it's 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 the the lighting on it kind of makes everything 
a, like a solid color. Like there's not like really shading on stuff. Like it makes it really bright. Everything feels really bright and bold yeah. in that regard. And yeah, like toys. Similar art to Katamari. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very similar. So, so that is, uh, that's Wadham. Mm-hmm. Very nice, very nice. Um, my, uh, my daughter came barging into the room, and uh, apparently she had pooped herself. Aww. So that was great. She's potty training right now, and she's scared to use the toilet. Oh, that's so, fun. Me too. Yep. And it never goes away. Yep. The home <laughs> no, toilet, I too? Tell her that. I guess. Oh, that's rough. My, my kid. Well, yeah. We got him potty trained at home, like, right away, but those um, commercial toilets without a tank are so much mm-hmm. louder than a normal toilet that he would oh, freak the fuck out whenever we flush one of those things. So that was rough trying to get him potty trained out of the house. Because, yeah, like, you'd go in there and it was just, like, just overwhelming. Like, a toilet can be that loud? It sounds like a fucking jet engine <laughs> right behind me. And I can't imagine, by the way, that's one of the things I fear most if I ever have a child. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine trying to teach them things like that. <laughs> Like is is it weird yeah. to be afraid of that? I'm like I'm not ready for that. <laughs> you're like you're da- you're just like your daddy mm-hmm. afraid. No, I mean it's it was just a funny thing. So I had to go down and change her. And, yeah, uh, it was probably a good timing because you were get, guys were getting your water on. Mm-hmm. We were. Um, I'm not confident weird, but... to this day, and I'll tell you this. Um, like anyone I've been in a relationship with long enough, where conversations like that have come up, I said this to a girl once, and I'm and she should be grateful she's not with me anymore. <laughs> um, I said. I don't know if I'd be able to do something like that. I'm still not confident I'm using the toilet correctly. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, makes two of us. I was um, 24 years old. What, one thing I, I always try to do um, as we kind of segue into the polls and the closing of the show is um, I'll try to hit these polls a little quicker than normal because it's been a longer show. And it's designed that way so that if we have games in the middle of a, of a robust topic – you know, as much as we'd like to talk for three to four to five hours, um, it's not always feasible. So I will try some of these. The good news is I thought this was going to be a long show. And some of the topics I added, as you will tell, were from things that happened last week. So one of the fun things I like to do on the show is if I notice we have a debate or an argument on the show, I'll just throw it up as a poll because why not? It's content. Mm-hmm. Someone's listening to the show. They might be like, fuck that. I want to yeah. I want to voice can, my opinion on this shit. Yes, yes. Unfortunately, in this case, they were all split down the middle. So nothing, <laughs> nothing, <was> nothing <laughs> has been solved. <laughs> it's all, it's grayer now. We're lost in a sea of confusion. Hell forever. Um, every single poll within the degree of a percent oh, or not was wait, split. Before, before you do polls, this oh, is important. Sorry. Saying hell somehow reminded me of this. Don't ask me to extrapolate on that. Um, you can now preload Animal Crossing on Switch. Ooh. Ooh. Man, reload already? Wow. Yeah, I don't know why, but I got a tweet about that. I understand. I understand being able to pre-order it at this point, but why would you need it preloaded already? I, I don't know. I'm getting it physical. I like switch carts. I do. Oh, you're. A f- oh, I like the carts the too, but also sick to my stomach. <laughs> I've already got Breath of the Wild in there, and if I don't have to bring any yeah, other games, yeah. why would I have to? I, I <laughs> never have to switch, switch the cartridge out. Um, the only, the, the most recent game I didn't buy physical was Tokyo Mirage Sessions because it was hard to find physical and mm. I also did not want to get out of my bed. Um, so that's why I buy speaking of digital for all of them. I don't want to get out of my bed. That's for, for certain things. I really, like, I wish I would have bought that one me. physical. Like, 
He said, no, it's not going to happen. I'm just going to buy it right here. You see... You're selling me, Rich. Just let go of the past. Just <laughs> let it go. Like you don't it, be. We're past the point where, like, I was, you know, going to like the midnight release of Mortal Kombat in my pajamas, like because God, that was the wake up call I think for me when midnight releases were still happening frequently, and I was showing up in my pajamas while like everyone's waiting in the line, like hype, and I'm just waiting for the line to clear out a little bit so I can be in and out like a demon's whisper. <laughs> He's, like, waiting in his car, eating Taco Bell. Is, is the line small enough? And then I'll see, see like, someone I know. Like, my friend Anthony will be in the line. He's like, Rich, is that you? And I'm like, shut up! <laughs> you don't know me. Yeah, your, your hat. You need to get one of those hats. Like, don't say my guys. name. These GameStop employees all know that I could have downloaded this. <laughs> they're all aware. <laughs> and they're all making fun of that guy who just ran out clutching the scorpion statue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So we did a big, um, gigantic uh, sequence of polls over the past couple weeks to lead up from the Pokemon tournament, and it was a lot of fun. I polled people who were in our patron VIP pages. I polled you guys, some of your favorite Pokemon, put them up there, and then I grabbed like just some very popular Pokemon as well and threw them in there. Ironically, it came down to two just Pokemon that I grabbed and nobody's personal favorites. Although, everyone seems to love Corviknight, the winner of the... Pokemon design champion. Easily the best of this generation. Like, he... And of, like, well, the, the typical, down. like, <laughs> Route 1 birds to catch, like, I, I think his, like... Yeah. Corviknight sticks with yeah. me. He's real good. Uh, he absolutely owns all the other early bird Pokemon you can find. It's, Especially because well, like, his potential is, like, better, like, ending up as, like, Flying Steel. Yeah. Like, Pidgey's the only one that comes close, and... The the and the, that's the more end like game Pidge- just Pidgeot just will always it. have a special place in my yeah. heart, but like Corviknight is so good yeah. and it again fits that whole like sort of uh, UK motif so well to me. Yeah, I do. I think they nailed that one with Corviknight. So I guess sure it does look cool. Fifty-two percent to forty-eight. Still Incineroar was Incineroar is great. Beaten. The other polls I put up were. Uh, Mimikyu was robbed. 50% said yes. Yeah, Mimikyu's great. And the other 50% said Morgan, eat my ass. Mm. So that's unfortunate. <laughs> I agree that Mimikyu's um, great, but he was up against, what, Alohan Marowak at one point? You fucked us, Rich, because you Dude, I put him up against your Alohan Marowak is so fucking cool. It's just cool. Marowak with fucking He's a fire-spinning fire. hula man, and he's he a He could have been that type. in the first gen. We wouldn't have known it with the low pixel count. That's, that's <laughs> but goddamn, he's—I know there's weirdly a lot of them now. Like it wasn't even novel then. Ghost fire types are great, and he's a ghost fire. Um, granted, like for in my my team for uh, sword and shield, I've got my my lampent mm-hmm. chandelure. Yeah, yeah, get, yeah, get your chandelure. chandelure. Yeah, it's a good. Poke. That'll be a fun <laughs> tournament to have. Uh. Uh, yeah, it was interesting. I tried to. It was. I don't have time to go through all the the different matchups, but I had fun matching them up by similarities, types, whatever I could to make it as interesting as possible. And it came down to Incineroar and Corviknight. So congratulations. Mm -hmm. The people have spoken. And even that was a really tight vote. I mean, to be fair, like, the correct answer for the best Pokemon is Hualucha. Hualucha? Hualucha. Hmm. Isn't it Hualucha? Hualucha. (laughs) Hualucha. <laughs> you know the Pokemon I'm talking about. He's a, he's a mass wrestler. He's pretty mediocre. Oh, I'm familiar. Oh. 
<laughs> you weren't here, so here for this. You weren't here for this, but uh, I, I don't know why. I I I need to I need to find the source for this, but for whatever reason, in in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, um, shoot, brain just died. I'm just died. Um. I'm on the edge of my Litton, seat. <laughs> Litton's final evolution. Fuck. We just talked like Incineroar. 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 He's in that game, but for whatever reason, during like half of his moves, he yells Nixon. Because he loves the president. <laughs> like half of his moves, he just he yells Nixon. It's it's bizarre. That's what Pokemon he used to. And then there was weirdly like that sound bite from Metal Wolf Chaos, and he just screams Richard. Mm. Um. <laughs> So congratulations, and the Pokemon tournament was a lot of fun. There's actually someone, one of our fans and listeners, is actually making a mock trophy. We'll see what happens for a potential Ooh. tournament down the road. And Josh, I ordered your trophy. Um, oh my goodness! I, I look. We always say we're going to do that stuff, and I and I actually had a chance to get. So I don't want to get too far. In. <laughs> don't worry, guys. I'm working on a last place I, trophy. I uh-huh. had a chance. I was inspired to get a present for my wife in the same place when I thought about this. So. Why would you do wrong? I can't, ex- I can't explain to it, but um, it's it's Valentine's. It, it's, it's a fair Valentine's question, right? Day, man, next week. Come on. But oh yeah, God, are you guys gonna go see the most romantic movie launching Cats. on Valentine's Day? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, launching. That's right. Oh God. Yeah. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast into your heart, mm. man. My wife is already mad at me for podcasting on Valentine's Day. Don't have time to get into that. Um, Breath of the Wild has a tremendous art direction. Oh, God, it didn't even occur to me <laughs> that know. we're doing that. Breath of the Wild has a tremendous art direction. Can you imagine if Nintendo had the power of modern consoles like PS4 or Xbox One X on their hands? Split right down the middle, 50-50. It would enhance it, or meh, not necessary. I'm saying, great question. No, I can't. <laughs> I, I will say I had one person message me that explained... So much to me of the other voting. So much was explained where he was like basically telling me that he didn't want it to look super realistic. And I was like, who said anything about that? There's this there's this a lot. You of did people, last week did. on the show. There's a lot of there's a lot <laughs> of people did. that correlate um, like Nintendo using one of those systems. And they're like, I guess suddenly forgetting how to art. So I, I don't know. Whatever. It was it was interesting well, to see. You look at most of the other realistic games and it seems to be a common pitfall. I have faith in Nintendo. They wouldn't sacrifice their values as a company. It's the artists, you know, and they would still do it. I believe. Hmm. Some pretty games, some pretty cel-shaded games on those systems. Believe. I think in the next game, Link should be an otter. Hmm. Or just an otter cap, like uh, Death Stranding. Wouldn't it have been more interesting to no. see the dynamic if Kratos had a daughter? Split right down the middle. Um, up and down... Uh, yeah. yeah. No, right down the middle. Oh, that one makes sense, though. I don't know if it's, it makes it, like, more interesting. I think it's just a different kind of interesting at that point, like we talked about previously. <laughs> oh, sh- <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think there's definitely merit to it. You, you spoke the most on this, I think, Shay. Yeah. I think there's definitely merit to it. Uh, and like you said, I don't know if it's a better thing. It's just a different thing. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. A DLC where Kratos learns about tampons or something. <laughs> You know, Rich, we don't need to give any more <laughs> reasons for Morgan to be creepy. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I was trying to craft the joke better in my head. Yeah. <laughs> that, that one that one didn't quite land. Yeah, no, you gotta it's try just kinda, them sometimes. It just kind of bled out. 
You guys are my oh, test no. audience for my stand-up. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> you need to get a blood bag if you're bleeding out, just like in Death Stranding. Um, do you consider Adam Sandler a great actor? Split mostly down the middle, but leaning a little bit toward yes at 54%. That's crazy. It's 2020. It should be leaning a lot more towards no. <laughs> nah. I haven't I think, seen Uncut Gems. Let me just say that. I think he's built, like, with a lot of those earlier films, he's built a lot of um, goodwill with a lot of people. And, you know, there he's made a lot of really bad movies, but he's also made some mediocre movies. Like, uh, um... What was I say? He's made a lot of bad movies, but he's also made some <laughs> mediocre movies. <laughs> That's mean, the most glowing endorsement of Adam Sandler. Like, I think that at the end of the day, that like a lot of people end up do liking those mediocre movies and even those bad movies. I mean, he's his movies are the most streamed movies on Netflix, so that's got to tell you something, right? Yeah, and on top of that, cool. Uncut right, Gems was amazing. His most sleep. recent stand-up was amazing as well. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, Uncut Gems is a phenomenal movie, and, I mean, how could you knock him after that? Go ahead. Hmm? (laughs) Oh, no, I'm done. I was just saying I need to see Uncut Gems. (laughs) All right. I apologize. I'm not trying to cut you off. Newest. All right, I'm done. I'm done talking. Go ahead, guys. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I kind of agree. Like, I think that, uh. I think he is a great actor. I just think he has a bad. Uh, he's. Yeah. I saw Punch Drunk Love and Rain Over Me, and those were the movies where I was like, "Man, this guy can act. He just chooses to mostly make garbage." And Funny People, is something he's he'll got... act in anything. I think is kind of the yes, issue. Get the like, money. Have whether there's anything there to actually act, so. Which is fine. Spanglish, he got a lot of acclaim for. Like, he has to be. Like, he hits notes in, for the kind of character he's playing in things mm-hmm. like Punch Drunk Love. And apparently, he's great uncut gems that would blow you away. Like, that's a Paul Thomas yeah. Anderson film. Like, it's it's incredible. But he does make a lot of garbage, unfortunately. He has, like, tied for the most Razzies, I think, which is, like, the negative Oscars or whatever they are. Yeah. So he has built up a lot of bad credence, which is unfortunate. He's like those athletes who are like incredibly talented, but they just don't really care about winning. They just want to make a lot of money, so they sign with crappy teams and just make. A, he just seems like I don't know what his thought process is, but it's just it's sad to see some of the stuff he does, like uncut gems next to like grown ups. You know, it's like he hasn't need to. He hasn't had to try in a long time. I think that's what he's thinking mostly. Yeah, I mean, there. you look at the general quality of all those Netflix movies that he was signed <laughs> God, for, and so they're all bad, terrible. Yeah. It was just like, well, we want his name on a bunch of movies, so let's make a bunch of crap that has, you know, his name attached to it. And, and yeah, and that was like the beginning and end of the thought process. Well, his name will be on it. And, yeah. I mean, I'd- I think that's an... I I think that's inherently part of the problem, though, is like we look a lot at a lot of those recent stinker films and we forget a lot of the decent to good films that he had in the 2000s as well. Yeah. Morgan named a whole two of them. But like 51st States was actually a really good movie. Um, Yeah. What what else was good? Bedtime Stories was an awesome movie. Uh, Rain Over Me, which is a highly, highly underrated movie of his. Click was I yeah. I don't think I ever Click saw Bedtime Stories. Yeah, Bedtime Stories is awesome. I mean, like for what it is, it's a great movie. Um, in in retrospect, like I don't know if it holds up now, but like it was it was a fun, cute movie at the time. 
Uh, I don't think Pixels mm. was a particularly amazing movie, but it was a oh. fun movie. It was a fun movie. I wouldn't say it's a good movie, but I would say it's a fun movie. Pop, pop <laughs> right, right. It's a good for like a sit down for a one watch and be like, I'm never watching that shit again. And I think that's kind of what a lot of his films have been more recently. And it's just a really hit or miss kind of thing. It's like you watch yeah. them and you're like, okay, that was a one time thing. I'm never going to watch that again. It wasn't terrible. Or it's, man, that was a one time watch because that fucking sucked. And I'm never going to watch that again. But. I don't. I don't think they're all bad. I think it's just easy to focus on a lot of the the movies that he's done recently that do actually suck. Which there have recently yeah. been a lot more of those. There's that, plenty that do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's fair. Well, well, like you said, I mean, it's almost to me it comes off like when you, you're trying to like talk about the the better movies he made the 2000s. Like we even talked about Big Daddy for some reason earlier. I can't remember why. Um, it's almost like quantity over quality at this point. Like, I can immediately think of more bad movies than I think of good. So when I think of Adam Sandler, I think, oh, right, just turning out more shitty movies. Well, yeah, and the the problem with, like, it's hard for me to say this because Jim, Jim Carrey is one of my favorite actors in the world. And either you love him or you hate him kind of thing. And I, I understand. I understand the hate. Um, and it's the same way with Adam Sandler. They have, like, four or five characters that they play. And if you're churning out a ton of comedy movies you're going to end up rehashing those characters in various ways. So we've seen 10 different versions of Little Nicky. We've seen 10 different versions of Billy Madison in all of his movies. And it's the same Mm -hmm. thing with Jim Carrey. We've seen five different versions of Ace Ventura, you know, like things like that. And it's like, yeah, I, I get it. I get why that rubs some people the wrong way. And I think what I really like about both of those actors, but we'll stick with Adam Sandler for the time being is, you know, he really started out just strictly comedy and he ended up moving himself into drama. And I think that was the smartest decision he could have made because it allows him to kind of give those characters some breathing room, allows him to redevelop some ideas, which, you know, it's debatable on whether he's actually developed new characters, you know, but he he gives some breathing room for those characters so he can go do a couple series films for two years and then he comes back and does another comedy film and it's like okay it doesn't feel mm-hmm. as rehashed yeah the, the films yeah. he's most known no yeah, uh, most fair. known for that are his best films that i enjoy are like his dramas which is interesting because like i've never once found him like comedic like i don't find his humor very funny but his acting in the more serious roles like he can pull it off it's really weird like i, I just think a lot of his comedies are lowest common denominator sort of stuff. Well, I think a lot of his comedy got stale, like almost what Shay was saying, like the Billy Madison thing, like it feels so plug and play. And it, it always makes me think of, uh, and this is a very old South Park joke at this point, uh, in the awesome episode of South Park where Cartman's pretending he's a robot. At one point he like gets drafted by a Hollywood movie studio who thinks he's a robot sent to make scripts. And every script he plugs out is like, one of one of the examples is like, uh, Adam Sandler inherits a million dollars, but first he has to become a boxer or something. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. Um, <laughs> you know, and they're just like, brilliant! I, I will say this to and then sum it up. Um, that's like what Shay was saying. Do you guys think it's more important to have a, this is a good way to phrase it, a great career of excellent work or like, sh- three or four excellent films and then a whole bunch of garbage. Like how do you, how can you weigh that out? The potential versus the career. It's hard to. Uh, I, I think there are a lot more 
shitty movies that people do that they just give them a pass for. Um, and granted, it's really easy to find examples of the bad movies that Adam Sandler has done, like we said. But a lot of these actors are really prolific, and they make a lot of crap. But for some reason, only a few of them get really, really associated with all the crap they do. Um, I think that's the Happy Madison thing, is like the almost the idea of... People have this mental image of, like, Adam Sandler basically making crappy films as an excuse to go on expensive vacations with his <laughs> well, friends. Well, that's it. He's, the crap he makes Josh stinks so bad that it's, like, worse than other crap. It's, like, the crappiest of the crap. <laughs> the smelliest of the... Some of it is, but even, like, think about, like, the Grown Ups or movies. Like, they're not good. They're just inoffensively bad. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's so I, many movies. My sensibilities. I think it's, I th- that everybody's doing. <laughs> right. Right. I think that because of the sheer quantity that of films that he's put out that have been bad recently, which is why he really gets so much shit. But, like, we could even look at some of the greatest act, well, what are considered the greatest actors in recent history or the most famous or well-praised. I mean, we could look at um, Samuel L. Jackson. The, the guy is notorious for saying, I will never turn down a paycheck. Dude's in his 70s and says, I will never turn down a movie role because I will never mm-hmm. turn down a paycheck. He has made a ton of really fucking terrible movies. There's so much he, There's so much B-movie schlock that he's, he's in, which is... Right. Yeah. But he is still praised to this day. Yep. And it's, it's all about what kind of actor you are, how you establish, establish yourself, and what roles you're known for, and what kind of point you're at in your life and like how much of that shit that you end up getting exposed to. And I think that's in some ways to Adam Sandler's credit, because there's a lot of shitty movies that, and this is just the example that came to the top of my head that Samuel L. Jackson has done, but you don't hear about a lot of them because they are B films or they're not advertised as well. But Adam Sandler's shit movies or good movies are so well advertised. seems like everybody still talks about them. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. And that's to his credit. And that's like because they sell no matter what, right? Exactly, yeah. and so that's the that's the <laughs> yeah, thing at the right. end of the day. That it might I, not like, be for us, I think, but people are seeing them, right? And that's and that's I think the key there is that like whoever his manager is or his advertisers and granted Netflix has a huge part in that, they're doing it right because they're <laughs> fucking getting people to sit down and watch his movies and like can't like, like you said why should they change? Yeah, everybody right. still watches the movies we it's all know working. are bad anyway, so obviously something's going right. <laughs> Right, and, like, some people, like, some actors or actresses consider, like, artistic integrity, um, supposedly, and, like, they consider quality over quantity. You could look at Daniel Day-Lewis. He's a prime example of that. Phenomenal actor. He takes the roles that he feels particularly passionate about. Um, And that's, again, one example that comes to the top of my head. And not to say he's never been in bad movies before uh, either, but... He, I would say, like, he's an example of a guy who he thinks he considers artistic integrity and quality over quantity. And that's fine. That's perfectly okay. And you consider someone like Adam Sandler, who's like, well, I'm able to continue doing the things I love. And I can make as many of them as I can. I can get as much money as I possibly can. And I can provide for my family. And I know Mm -hmm. that this work is a business and I'm just doing it to make ends meet kind of thing or to provide for my family and future generations in my family. Cool. I mean, I can't, I can't knock it because if I was faced with a similar situation, I would be faced with those two options and who knows what option I would take. But 
yeah, I think it's just like it all comes down to advertising and marketing of those films. And when a lot of them are the bad ones are marketed so well, <laughs> it's it's hard to not knock that. Yeah, I think I think that's it. I think you just stumbled across exactly what I I just realized something. Even in the bad movies, Samuel L. Jackson is usually good. So and but in unfortunately in Adam Sandler's bad movies, he's usually the reason one of the big reasons why they're bad. So I think that's a big differentiator. I I don't I definitely and wholeheartedly disagree with that. There I've seen some very, very piss poor Samuel. We're just talking about pixels. The 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 writing is just atrocious in that. Uh, no, I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah, like, in a bad movie, Pixels is hard for me to watch. Adam yeah. Sandler like put on a good performance, but like you could see Samuel L. Jackson in a mediocre film, but still he well, brings it every because he's he's time. in a bad film to be the comedy relief. So if the writing's already bad, he's got bad writing in it. It's like you can only do right. so much with the script. Yeah. Right, and on top of that, I've seen Samuel L. Jackson in poor performances and. So I don't agree with that. I don't think he always brings it. You know, like just exactly what Josh said. It ties into bad writing. If you have bad writing, no matter how good of an actor or actress you are, if you have shit writing, it's not going to be good. Yeah, but okay, we're going to agree to disagree on that one. I see what you guys yeah. are saying. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, my uh, the uh, audience is split, but um, yeah. Adam Sandler, a vexing story. Split. A movie loosely based around Samuel L. Jackson. Did you know that Split is actually loosely based on uh, the Adam Sandler film Jack and Jill? <laughs> Get out. Get out. Which is not a film based on anything to do with yes, Adam it is. Sandler. <laughs> what? Adam Sandler? The film Jack and Jill? No, I was saying Get out. Oh, I was so confused. I thought you were asking me to leave. <laughs> um, no, that joke went over your head. Sorry. Yeah, no, it took me too long to process, and now I feel like a fucking moron. <laughs> yeah, man overboard. All right, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> okay, good. Glad, glad that one. I'm glad that one. Uh, made I'm shaking it to you. my head. I just realized this was an audio podcast, and it wasn't coming look, through. I'm shaking my head. Look, I think at the end of the day, I don't like to judge people too much, but I work with a lot of the people who would go rent one of those grown ups movies, and uh, I don't know. I had I had another labyrinth joke. But I was gonna do it. To, I was gonna do it to Morgan, and he wouldn't get it, so it's not worth. I'll just hello. I'll just pretend to get it. I'll just. Laugh Did you just say hello? <laughs> no, I said hello. But that's close enough. Morgan, what do you what do you think about Uncut Gems? I really want to. S- it doesn't matter what you what think. Are you the rock now. Um, well, that was that was what that was. Speaking of another, <laughs> you know, excellent potential, but just takes a lot of shitty films. Um, all right, let's shake our booties and get out of here. That halftime show at the Super Bowl was. Ahem, I, uh, <coughs> the two options were great butts. Or great music. 85% of the audience said great butts. Nope. I'm glad I'm glad that's the, the voice he went with. Great butts! Because that just made that so much more creepier than it already was. Thank you for that. You're like a late 80s Nickelodeon ad. Uh, <laughs> I got yelled at from my wife today. I'm going to bring you the slime on your ass. Slime time live. The halftime show where I jizz all over their ass. On my TV screen. Come and watch the two-hour live stream of me wiping my TV off at 7 p.m. M. 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 
Was Nickelodeon different <laughs> where you come from? <laughs> Nickelodeon. Maybe. Yeah, it was a weird thing. I'm going to isolate that sound clip of Shay saying all that and just do, have some fun. Oh, yeah, wait. That was, that was the, uh, that was the uh, Cinemax uh, knockoff off of it. That was Nickelodeon where they just <laughs> <laughs> shoved Dear God. It's good but love. so lazy at the same time. <laughs> Uh, you just, so just want the first one there, huh? I got a one with Dickablodian, but I, I I figured I'd have Come a little on. bit of class. I was trying to be a little clever. A little bit of class. <laughs> I was trying to be sure. clever with it. I we went Nickelodeon, like like an orgasm. Well, yeah, yeah, that's class, Morgan. Get it? Like yeah, that's oh. real class. Get it? Oh, yeah, we we understood. Yes, no, no. Yes, I, you I, get I, it? I don't think any get of us it. got that. It was. You you absolutely you need to explain it? that to Please us. Please tell me that you get it. <sighs> man, the the you one have to keep. I, I, who is it? Who would he even be explaining that for? Like, who is the lepton listening to us? I was like, oh, I didn't get it. Good thing he clarified. What's clarifying it for you if guys? Get it, he was trying to find Blodian and then Dickelodeon. I'm like, come on, I was helping you out. No, I didn't find. I wasn't trying to find it. I found it. Did you not hear Josh's groan? I wasn't trying to find shit. I found it. It was found. <laughs> it was more than found. It was excavated, and it was cleaned, and it was put at a museum for curation and display. Josh yeah. found it. Don't worry. Indiana for future Jones generations to, to sigh at. Nazis. Right. Uh, That's right. It belongs in a museum. I mean, there was a lot of seven-year-old men watching the Super Bowl that night that did not need their Viagra when they went to sleep. Did you guys see that, um, that news? Morgan included. Around? About the the right wing YouTuber oh, who wants to, as the AV Club put it, and I agree with, it sure sounds like this guy wants to sue the NFL because the halftime show made him horny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, there are. I mean, like, my to be mortal, honest with you, though, my like... mortal mortal soul is in peril because of <laughs> yeah, dead ass. He's like, how dare you, I NFL? Know I'd be going to hell. The the two things I will say is first off, social media was in a tizzy about like oh people like was, showing their bare body, like fuck. them showing their bodies or their asses, and I was like, "All right, people, have I'm, you seen I, them sure. perform ever before?" I'm like, "This is none of this is like coming out of left field." You're like, you guys right. get ready. I'm going to show you how Google searches. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy to me is more. It seemed like more people. Men were bitching about the asses than last year's performance of Maroon 5 with fucking Adam Levine's bare abs out and all his janky ass well, tattoos. fucking hot. Right. Well, you know what? Fine. That's cool. That's cool. And I had no problems it's with it because they all. were all too but stupid like, to realize that that was why their wives were so turned on that night. Well, I didn't get it. I didn't get like where oh. like, dudes were like, hey, dude, this guy's showing us that up was a great football. Abs. Man, like, that's cool, whatever. Mm. But, God. God damn it. We watched I the game, another, and then my wife was I like, see another super God damn ass. Put down my beer and my in the face. football. I'm going to well, lose was my super shit, into God it. damn it. Okay, you guys were going all over the place there. <laughs> what the fuck did that happen? Motherfucker, God damn <laughs> it. If you. I see another fucking ass, I need. I see another fucking gluteus maximus on my TV screen. God damn it. I'm not going to watch a fucking Super Bowl game next year. I can't believe this shit. But no, the second other, the second thing that I would say about that performance is actually it was a really, really well done performance. I liked how, in all seriousness, because this is the only thing I watched from the entire Super Bowl of anything was the halftime show, and like the fact that Shakira took all her songs and blended them very well through the generations. The fact that she performed 
um, the drums and the guitar and was singing and was dancing. Like, I didn't realize she was, like, the consummate professional on performing. Very and talented I, lady. She's mm-hmm. very talented, and I, I imme- immediate respect for her. Like, I've always, like, heard her music, and I like a few of her songs, but the, the respect I had for her Im- immediately and instantly went up. And, like, I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed the whole butt-shaking thing. Yeah, that was great. That was awesome. And I, and <laughs> I'm respect. just a man. A woman I, yeah, in her 40 and a woman in her 50s doing that? And, 43. Right, and I respect that. I respect that a lot. But, like, the thing I respect more is the fucking sheer talent of both of those performers, like, bringing it all that night. That was impressive. And, well, like, yeah. to do that on that that uh, big of a stage, super impressive. So respect to them for that because there's no fucking way in hell. Even if I had the, the biggest dick and the nicest six-pack of abs, I don't know if I could do that in front of millions of people. So respect. As the elderly Haitian man who used to come into the gas station I worked at in college would say, respect. Respect. Um, well, I will speak for the Chomp Nation that isn't. It's really just for me. Chomp Nation oh, okay. members that are not represented here. 60% of our audience said they were <laughs> fans of the NFL, even on a casual level. So to those 60%, um, I hope you enjoyed the game. It was an incredible comeback from the Chiefs. Uh I, uh, I can't even. I can't even. I can't even well, do this around you guys. You guys just totally suck all the joy out of my dick. <sighs> there's no joy. I've never in been there. anywhere near your dick. There's, there's nobody no wants joy to suck anything there. out of that penis. Anyways, Patrick Mahomes is the future, and it was a great comeback. Twenty-one points in seven minutes. If you missed it, shame on you. But to Chomp Nation, there are a lot of football fans. I don't think I missed it. Yeah, I definitely didn't see it, but I didn't miss it. <laughs> well. I actually fell asleep. Nothing of value was lost, Josh. Okay. If you didn't see Nothing of value was lost. Then technically you had to have missed it. No, I'm not seeing a Super Bowl in at least a decade. I'm Right? Yeah. Right? And it's been great. It's been great. Yeah. I I haven't I haven't thought anything bad about it. I, I don't feel like I've missed anything. Why, My life why is you guys pretty pretty normal. I don't understand you. We're not. Them. We're just saying we don't see it and don't care. You guys are like this. Like, why is that shitting like, on a I thing? Don't I feel like, like you're just nothing about all. that is saying that it's bad. We're just saying I don't I like care. So really why am I going to put myself through it? I just uh, don't well, you know what? Why why does he have to voice his opinion he, and gonna, talk I'm about gonna, his approval? Oh, the Super Bowl. Oh, Mahomes or whatever. Why do like why do you have to do that? It's a crazy thought. Why do you have to express your opinion? It's fun time. Did you guys know? It'd be nice if there was one. You can have nachos and buffalo wings any time of the year. It's not the same. You don't get the commercials. And you don't get the game, dude. As I can tell you this, Josh, as someone who follows the NFL religiously, it is like the whole world stops to watch the thing you like. It'd be like if the whole world stopped to watch Overwatch one night. No, 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 no. That's not the world. Just the U.S. Just the U.S. What you're describing is Monday literally night nobody else on my Twitter. <laughs> the U.S. is all that matters in my world. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sh- getting, I'm getting sure, Morgan, Morgan, that the U.S. Twice a really matters. To you. How would you be able to watch Raw on a Monday night? Seven, seventeen people. How into Twitter are you? Because a lot of fucking people <laughs> on. Hundreds Look, of if thousands. Rich, if Rich is going to defend wrestling, I feel a lot better. I'm not going to be completely outnumbered. Um... That's going to be a hard road. We don't have any wrestling people here, Rich. Rich, Rich is going to find some wrestling people. I know Mr. Hicks is a big wrestling dude. Oh, I think Zizu yeah, was yeah. or is. 
Yeah, yeah they do yeah. for sure. They got well. A lot of our fans like the NFL too, and they always message me and go, "Why does everybody on the podcast hate the NFL?" And I go, "I don't know. Why is no, my life I, now? I, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I don't Rich. hate the just, NFL. If I want to watch just <laughs> sweaty men all over each other, I go straight to the source. Yeah, that's but, right. Rugby. You, I have your local <laughs> <laughs> your local YMCA. I, I you your local laundry mat. I was like, what? Um. Dude, there's a 24-hour laundromat of the What the fuck is your laundromat doing? You walk in, there's five guys rubbing liquid detergent all over their bodies. Well, I'm washing all my clothes right now. Obviously, I have to be nude in here. They're in a fucking six-person wash train just rubbing each other, holding each other from behind. Just rubbing the... These sheets aren't the only thing that's dirty. That's right. Let me get those clothes off your back clean. That's not the only rinse cycle that's happening tonight. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Let me give you some hot water. <laughs> I don't know. Rinse is way wetter. <laughs> yes. Way wetter. Oh, you need me to get put it in for a second cycle, baby? I can do that for you. <coughs> I got a big load here for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one's Let's get on the right. ground and we can tumble dry. Do you have any quarters? <laughs> Now I'm just saying laundry <laughs> there's, there's no innuendo there anymore. We're just we're actually trying to get our laundry done. <laughs> we're just doing yeah. laundry. <laughs> just naming <laughs> items you'd see in a laundry room. Mm-hmm. Did you guys have a drop oh, did you off see that, service? Did you did you see that Sports Illustrated magazine on the table? You want to grab it and read it? There's a really great uh, hibachi place next to the to the laundry mats <laughs> scare me. I don't want There's to. actually true story. Laundry mats scare you. Dude, the laundry mats are I have a washer dryer. Yeah. I don't go to the laundry mats. places. I can't go there. No, What? Not. That's where all There's always cops saying there are the laundry mats are that's where bad shit. What? Happens. Yeah, you got to be afraid of the law, Morgan. You What? You criminal, you. <laughs> you thug. Look, I'm telling you. You, you, you stay away from laundry mats. Bad things happen. You um, cis hetero white man, you sure gotta be afraid of the police. No, I'm afraid of the creepy at the laundry Great mat. Falls, the Montana. Laundry mat that, <laughs> Most of the things they're arresting people for at the laundry mat, they're not illegal for you, Morgan. You're a white man. Mm. Arrest him! Oh, no. He's wearing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles whitey tighties. <laughs> Hurry, put him in cuffs. I, I do deserve to go to jail for that. I mean, my kid just snuck in my room again. It's all good. I will tell you a story while you handle that. No, it's my Very quick story. story. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, really quick story. So in Japan, I went to this cat cafe, and right next to the cat cafe is actually a laundromat. So like when you're in the cat cafe petting Ooh. the cats, you can see people doing their laundry and vice versa. Random little interesting fact. Yeah. yeah. That's fun. That's, so that's you can the go best do your laundry, time to actually go to a cat cafe because uh, you take care of all the, uh, the dander right there. It's Get rid of that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's a good business model. Well, I'm, um, <laughs> I don't even know anymore what's happening. So what about that uh, anime? Let's get out of here. Oh, I love anime. <laughs> Oops. All anime. Love me some anime. Um, I want to thank everyone for uh, leaving a comment. Um, that we every Thursday on the Ad Sword Trump Instagram. Of course, we do poll day every 
Monday night to Tuesday. If you want to vote, we talk about those on the show. Uh, of course, patreon.com slash swordchomp is where you can go to get uh, fund us and all the different ways you can support us in the swordchomp family. And of course, you maybe if you're already hardcore and you want to get some merchandise, you can go to redbubble.com slash people slash swordchomp. And uh, there's all sorts of Hoodies, T-shirts, mugs, dildos—you name it. Anything you want to get with the Sword Chomp logo. Some of that on doesn't it, sound right. You can get it. I'm just reading. Are we right here? Right, right off the, the script. It's true. It, was that on the notes, There's or is the there just—is there a dildo on your notes? Okay. There was a smudge, and he was making an assumption about what it was. Mm. You know, that's where the mind goes. Uh, I want to thank Rich for being here from New York, Josh from Michigan, Shay from Japan. Of course, I'm here from Montana. And we will see you next week for an all new show. Mm-hmm.